0: up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: Franchisography, the podcast that digs deep into the entire filmographies of Hollywood's biggest film franchises. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. Today, we are interrupting the Twilight miniseries with a bonus feature, wherein we return to the Scream franchise for its latest entry, 2022's Scream.
2: In the movie, the killer only wore one mask, but in the audience, I wore two.
1: <laughs> yes, good.
2: <laughs> just starting off with some light humor <laughs> yeah just just some
1: light <laughs> humor <laughs> um oh boy um so so this is uh this is scream this is the fifth entry uh in the series that we have previously covered um it was our second mini series ever on this show
2: yeah this is a rule we haven't yet had to activate here on Franchiseography.
1: Right, right. We had, like, sort of an unofficial bonus feature in the form of uh, French, French Dispatch, Dispatch, which was new when we watched it. But by the time you guys heard it, it had been out for, like, a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the first time that we're, like, literally interrupting a miniseries with a new entry in a previous franchise. Five uh, Cream they, has, is only in theaters at the moment? yes. Um, at the moment we'll see what the second week drop off looks like right uh and that'll probably be uh the deciding factor on whether or not it'll go to VOD quickly or uh not quickly um but this is the first film not in in the franchise not directed by Wes Craven it is the second film not written by Kevin Williamson right um and it uh it comes to us from the directors of Ready or Not, um most uh most known known as um uh Radio, radio Silence. silence yeah. yeah, Radio Silence, uh which is like a joke about them starting out in their career and they would send out feelers and receive radio silence in return. From oh cool. Agents and managers and all of that. Um so that's where their name comes from. Uh Ready or Not Came out in 2019. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely rocks everybody's shit. Uh, it's a great movie. It's so mm-hmm. fun. Um, also a
2: big fan of their uh, their work in the VHS anthology series, which is where yeah, I first saw them.
1: They also have like a couple of movies. They have a found footage feature um, about a demonic pregnancy, uh, and then they have another feature. That is an anthology feature that they did the opening and closing short films of and was not a found footage anthology. It was just a, you know, a regular yeah, horror regular anthology horror. called like Sundown or something like that. Um, I don't have the
2: title. <laughs> <ready>. <laughs> so they're um, horror bona fides.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I would argue they have um, probably the, the, the second or third best VHS short Of the VHS's I have seen, I haven't seen VHS 94. Is that the Uh, new one? Yeah,
2: I don't know if I heard great things about that one.
1: I heard really good things about that
2: one. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of Viral.
1: Yeah, Viral is dog shit. Um, It's bad. It's real bad. But uh, 94, I heard really, really great things. But also... It should be noted. I hear a lot of really great things about a lot of things on Shudder, and then I watch them, and okay. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Right, yeah. <laughs> did it's you guys um, watch the same movie I did? You know, It looks I, like it was made for
2: $20. I love horror fans so much, and horror fans remind me a lot of action fans, uh-huh. where I think of myself as a horror fan yeah, and an action fan. And then, like, you know, I follow some people on Twitter that, like, watch a lot of action movies, and they're like, oh, this – you go watch this, like – Movie they went straight to DVD and I'm like oh buddy I can't I can't watch this it's like it's like alcohol I guess
1: yeah where you're like I can't
2: nope this isn't this isn't for me
1: this is not for me yeah Um, so in any event uh, you know they they are filmmakers who grew up on YouTube Um, Mm -hmm. they like started a YouTube channel and made a bunch of shorts there were discovered by the producer of VHS who brought them on to do the haunted house. Um, the, the, the Halloween haunted house, uh, short in the first VHS. Is that the one that's your favorite? Um, it's one of my favorites for sure. Uh, it's the one where they're like in the house and then there's like all the hands coming out of the walls and shit. It's like real, it's real nuts. (laughs) Um, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, so I like that one a lot. Um, I like them a lot. Uh, ready or not. Absolutely rules. Um, if you haven't seen it. Highly recommend it, though not available on 4K. Went to go buy uh, the 4K and it doesn't exist, Um, which I was very surprised by. And I'm hoping will be rectified now that this movie is a pretty huge success. Um, So far, tracking to be the highest opening of any Scream film.
2: No kidding. Uh, Really? Yes.
1: Previous uh, record holder was Scream 2. Um, which had like a, I think we, if we, if we I remember correctly, like a twenty six or twenty eight million opening. This is uh, estimated to be thirty five or forty.
2: That's um, wow. Okay. Yeah. That that's interesting. Yeah. Um. Wow. Yeah, because that that would easily be like the biggest opening since Spider Man like a month ago. Yeah, it's it's supposedly going to dethrone Spider Man this week. Yeah, first first that's, film to dethrone it. That's um, exciting. That's really
1: great. Yeah. Uh. So you know excited about that it is interesting i will want to get into i well i guess before we even get into like the movie itself which mm-hmm. which by the way everyone we are going to get full spoilers on this so if you have not seen it and i think a lot of you probably haven't because not everyone is comfortable going to a movie theater right now i was barely comfortable but there was no way that i wasn't going to see this movie um although i'm trying to like relax on seeing movies in the theater for a little while. Fair enough. Um, uh, So this will be the last one that I go and see, I think. Um, But, uh, yeah, so, you know, obviously a lot of people haven't seen the movie. I cannot emphasize enough how much better these movies are not knowing who the killer is and not knowing Mm -hmm. the, the, the spoilers and surprises before seeing it. So please, if you have not seen the movie, stop listening now, save this,
2: come back to it after you've seen it. Do you want to do super general in case someone's like, well, I want to hear if what Nick and Scott think before watching it or. OK, yeah, sure. Um, uh, Yeah. So so uh, we we'll, once we get to the walk down or
1: walk through, that's when we'll do hardcore Spoil- spoilers. That's great. Um, so you're you're safe right now and I'll That's give perfect. you I'll give you the the heads up before we like are like okay now the gloves are off <laughs> you know here here Spoke, it comes welcome to yeah. spoiler
2: town population you
1: yeah right 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 um I am interested about how well it's doing because it's so funny because there's, there's a bit in this movie where they're talking about legacy sequels, right? And the concept of the legacy sequel, or the requel, as they call it, which is terrible. <laughs> Terri- the... It's a oh, legacy sequel. You. I'm so, yeah. Thank you. I'm so glad we're on the same page. Yes. Legacy sequel is vastly superior in every way to a requel. That's a terrible term. It's the, fe- it's the fetch of the movie. Yes, very much so. Stop, making, stop trying to make requel <laughs> make happen. happen. Um, so, Mindy. So, uh, uh, I... I um, you know, they were talking about that and how, like, that's what this this thing is. And, like, there's a joke about, like, you know, movies that are just called the first title again, like your, your right. Halloween, you know. Mm. Um, and I don't know. It's funny because it seems like that works from a marketing perspective because Scream 4 flopped and this movie is making bank. Um, right. And I don't really know. From, from a, yeah like what yeah exactly like where where else and people will be like well the movie's good yeah okay great but like you don't know that before you go to it like most people right. don't follow reviews and they don't follow like mm. they like a bunch of people on twitter who tell them the movie is
2: good a week before it comes out yeah. to hype you up you know if i could if i could theorize a little bit yeah um i think that is totally valid is maybe the average moviegoer um, is looking at it and it's like oh scream it's not called scream 5 so right. like maybe i don't have to see all of them yeah um because we know what's up now we're in a post force awakens you know kind of world or ghostbusters afterlife world even yeah um and then also in the wake in the uh, 11 years since scream 4 came out the legacy of the scream Trill or quadrillet series has only grown because of netflix right true and- and, you know, we live in like a, you know, people are, you know, have like Sidney Prescott on their shirts and on their bumper stickers and mm-hmm. true crime, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think some of that maybe also has to do with why this feels like more of an event than Scream 4 did 10 years ago.
1: Yeah. Streaming is definitely, I, I think you're dead on that streaming is like a big part of why. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I mean, there's a joke um, about it in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um so 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 anyway uh I, I think we're in a world where where we're set up for a scream sequel much more than we were in 2011 mm-hmm. which was more just like I'm excited that it's that they're doing another <laughs> one but I think
2: like everyone else was like eh. and you know you know because we are in the you know in, in the pandemic era of mm-hmm. of the box office such as it is and can pretty consistently not that horror has gone away in the past 10 years but when people want to go to the movies right now, they want to go for the experience. True. Like Spider-Man or for horror movies like Quiet Place. Right. True. And, and so it's like, "Oh, I want to go cuz like when I went, I was mostly I was the only person by myself and that sounds like that's always the case, but they were like big groups." Yeah there weren't just da- there were dates and big groups of like teenagers or people our age or older that it's like yeah do we scream let's do this yeah 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 me too me too um
1: <laughs> i i went and saw i went and saw it twice uh thursday night and friday night um mm-hmm. and uh both times it, that's exactly what it was it was like big groups and stuff um and it was a lot of fun uh my first night crowd was way better than my my second night crowd. My second night uh, crowd was kind of quiet. Was just like eh.
2: that's yeah. kind of why I almost don't want to see it again. Yeah, because I saw it with just the perfect. You know, you're you know you're in for a, a good group when they applaud for the Nicole Kidman ad at the beginning.
1: Yeah, mine did too on oh, Thursday, but not on that's Friday. Funny. Yes,
2: a hundred percent.
1: Um, so so I'm excited to like get into the stuff that they really reacted to when oh, we cool, go cool, through cool. the walkthrough. But um, overall, I think that. You know, obviously I was really trying hard not to get super hyped for this movie because you know how close the Scream franchise is for me yeah. um, and how important it is to me. And, you know, I was I was very trepidatious, but excited. I just didn't know. I just didn't know. I you know, there there's a lot sure. of different ways that this could have gone. I think yeah. that the franchise went into like I think Wes Craven in his older age, much like John Hughes, um, went into like more of a slapstick territory with his horror. Like that's mm-hmm. where his his fun was at, was in almost like a Sam Raimi place um, at a certain point. Wow, good. Especially with My Soul to Take. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you look at Scream 3 and Scream 4 and they're very silly movies. Um, four takes itself a little more seriously than three, but
2: not much. It's just like, it's silly is in a different place, you know? Um, Yeah. It's like they took the, almost like the, the, the farcical nature of three and refined it. I've been thinking about this all day. Yeah. uh, yeah. All night. (laughs) Yeah. 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 yeah, I, I think that was four's main advantage is it still had the goofiness of three, but it wasn't as like desperate and cringy.
1: Very true. Um, but it was also still not as good as those. First two films that tonally, like it just felt Mm -hmm. off, it lacked viciousness. Yes, for sure. Um, that all comes back with this one, (laughs) Um, very much so, very much so. Um, and I will say that you know, I think we talked about this when we were doing this franchise before. I don't think we ever did like an official ranking, maybe we just like threw Mm -hmm. one off the cuff. Um, but for me, my ranking was always like one and two are like neck and neck, you know, like there's things I like more about two. I like the direction in two more than the direction in one, but the story in one is better than two, you know? So it's like, they're like neck and neck for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it's a pretty big jump to four and then a massive one to three. Right. Yeah. Um, and this movie now I think sits on par with those first two movies to me. Um, There's things that I don't love. Um, and then there's a lot of shit that I'm like over the moon for. So, Oh, interesting. I can't wait to hear about all that. Yeah. So this is like top tier scream for me. Like this is like everything I kind of hoped it would be. Um, and more in a lot of
2: ways, but I agree with that. Definitely. I had a great time with this. I, I I really enjoyed it. And actually, um, I, in terms of ranking, Mm -hmm. I actually kind of want to go one step further. Um, so late last summer, I went to the Hollywood Forever screening or Slumber Party screening of Scream 1 and Scream 2.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Um, with past franchiseography guest Billy McCartney, who had never mm. seen either of those movies. Oh, shit. So I got to watch him solve the mystery for the first time.
1: And oh, that's cool.
2: So, you know, Scream 1's a banger. Yeah. We don't need to go into that. But uh, Scream 2, you know, I, you know, we both have talked about at length about what affection we have for that movie. Yeah. And watching it right after the first one.
1: Yeah.
2: And then talking to Billy's, you know, Billy's firsthand experience or first watch experience, it's a little dry Mm. compared to the first one. Mm -hmm. There's kind of an energy that dies kind of around, like, there's like a midpoint where it just kind of, and like the humor kind of goes away. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of, it's, and it's probably the most serious, like dramatic scream in a way. Yeah. And it's also kind of long. Yeah, and, and I don't know. Basically, what I'm saying is, I think this might be my favorite scream since the first scream. Okay, yeah. I see. I I agree with everything that you're saying, but
1: I love all that stuff. I like all of that. <laughs> totally, about scream too. So I'm yeah. like, I'm like, yeah, none of those things are wrong. I love it all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're you're not wrong. You know, I mean, there's definitely a dip during the 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 um, the uh, the play sequence. I think is a mm-hmm. big long dip in the movie where she's like talking to her theater teacher sure. and then like is in the Cassandra. Like yeah. that bit of it I feel like okay, that's that's ten minutes of the movie we could have saved. But, oh, see, I love I love that. But we've talked about you, this. But see
2: there you go. So there you go. But also I, I was li I was sitting on the ground and it was one in the morning.
1: Yeah, very true. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um but yeah, I mean I but I think this is, this
1: is up there with with those. Um and uh you know for me they're all a mixed bag mm-hmm. I think to, to me. Like you just sort of mix them all together. And it's hard for me to, like, to call Scream, the first Scream, the definitive best one. I don't think it's fair because mm-hmm. it, it you know, it has the baggage of being the first one. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, that's, it's not fair to just like de facto be like, well, that's the best one. Because right. it's like, well, yeah, I mean, it's the first one. So like, nothing is ever going to beat seeing that first movie for the first time, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing is ever going to beat that. Um, but that doesn't mean that like, if you're looking, if you're comparing the first one and this one, that the first one is definitively better to me. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's why I kind of put them all on equal footing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they all bring different things to the table that I really, really love. Um, in any event, it's a great <laughs> movie. It's kind of a perfect scream sequel. Uh, it's really, really impressive. Everything that it's doing, even the stuff that I don't like as much, I see why it. I understand why it's there. Yeah. Um, and and I like it. I like it intellectually, I guess.
2: Even if I'm like, mm. <laughs> yeah, and it it keeps the, the 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 yeah the viciousness, like we said. Yeah. Um, it's probably the the, most the violent.
1: vicious, the most vicious kills in the franchise.
2: Yeah, I think, I think the most violent of the movies. Yes, I was just saying something. Yeah, and then also it keeps the comedy, like it's funny and the, the its sense of humor reminds me the most of the first scream, definitely, where it is just like all character based. Yeah, and I mean, and yeah, and then there is some like, but then it also it it, it just it t- it takes the best. So it's ironic that I don't want to. Uh, well, no, never mind. I, I can save this thought for spoiler thoughts. Okay, but but like like you, I, but I really want to go back to your thought of like, this movie could only have happened. Growing out of that first Scream. Yes. So, definitely. Like, you know.
1: Um, well, okay. So before we get into the walkthrough, I want to talk a little bit about the journey to get this thing to the screen. Oh, hell yeah. Because it features some stuff we haven't been able to talk about yet in, in the franchise. Great. Um, and one of those things is like as we left off in Scream 4, Scream 4 originally designed to be the first of a trilogy, that the Weinsteins were like, no you're making one movie, it's going to have a definitive ending, and then if it's good, we'll make another one, but we're not going to do any of this cliffhanger bullshit. Um, mm. And made them do reshoots to add all of the hospital stuff to the ending. Um, to definitively kill Emma Roberts' character. Mm. Uh, as opposed to making her an anti-hero, her- anti-heroine, whatever, for right. the remainder of the, of the trilogy, um, which was the original intention. So... We have this movie. It comes out. No one making it is as happy with it as they wanted to be because it wasn't the movie they intended to make. It doesn't make any money because everyone is like, well, it just doesn't feel it feels like a copy of a copy kind of thing. It doesn't it doesn't feel right. It almost feels like a remake, which is the thing that they were trying to skewer at the time were the remakes. Mm -hmm. Um, But it just doesn't. You know, it was lacking something for general audiences. Um, You know, it it has since had like a huge resurgence and people really, really love that movie and talk about it being the best Scream sequel a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's definitely missing something. Uh, But it doesn't make any money. And despite the fact that Wes Craven was signed on for a fifth Scream with a sixth Scream option, he said, I refuse to make another screen movie unless the script is complete and will not be changed. Okay. So, like, and I have to have it in writing where it's like, <laughs> this is the script that I'm going to make. This is the one everyone's agreeing to. Sign here, sign here, you know, and then I will make the movie exactly as it's written. I'm not doing this reshoot garbage again. This is the sure. third time in a row. <laughs> um, And so... Scream 5 never happens because the Weinsteins were like, we're never going to agree to that. Um, Mm. And so they're like, okay, so fuck you guys. We're going to take the Scream franchise and we're going to reboot it on television. And they did. And they certainly did. And they said, we make art. This is what, this is what Bob Weinstein said. We make the Weinstein group makes art films for art houses and teens are no longer going to the movies the proof is in the pudding. There's Scream Four. They didn't show up. They're not watching movies in theaters anymore. Obviously, um, by my by my one example, uh, <laughs> yeah. where the teens are is MTV, which just really shows you how far removed from reality they were at that point mm-hmm. um, from the pulse of pop culture. Because yeah, this is like 2010, 11. Yeah, 12. no one was watching TV. Um, yeah. So they're like, we're bringing Scream to MTV. We're going to do. A TV series, and so they do on um, the Scream TV series on MTV. They read like the 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 creators of that show redesigned the Ghostface mask.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a whole thing. You watched two seasons of it, the original cast of it. I recently, I don't know if I've shared this on the show yet, but over Halloween, instead of watching Midnight Mass, I watched the third season of Scream on that the Queen
1: once. Latifah Scream,
2: the Queen Latifah produced. Yeah,
1: okay, uh, yeah. So we have yeah. we have the two the two season show. Um, of, of the Scream TV series that was on MTV and then ends with like a special, like a one-hour special or something like that, right? Like a, yeah,
2: like a 90-minute like conclusion with these characters.
1: Right. And then they're like, okay, the show is canceled. And then they're like, lol, actually, we're moving it to VH1. And Queen Latifah is going to produce, because I guess she's a big Scream fan, and mm-hmm. she produces the new season. She brings back the original Ghostface mask for this season. And this season has nothing to do with the previous two, right? It's like
2: a complete. Reboot. It has, it has nothing to do. It is. It exi- The third season of scream exists in its own separate pocket universe, right? Where, a third pocket universe, a third pocket universe where not only did the scream movies not happen, the scream show also didn't happen. Ah. So, so the ghost face mask is just like someone picks it up off the street and puts it on and starts killing people. Okay, great. How was it? Um. So I was actually I was texting a friend about this today. I hesitate to say because I was like, "This sucks. This like it's a waste of Kiki Palmer. Uh-huh. It's a waste of the Blue Ranger from the New Power. The kid from uh, the Harder They Fall is in it. Oh, okay. the young the the kid R J Kyler or Kryler. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and he's like the quarterback, and then he's the person that face is targeting. It's like you're a fake." Uh they still have our our Roger L. Jackson, of course. Roger L. Jackson, of course. Really? But, okay.
1: Roger Jackson didn't do the the first season one and two, right? I think he did. I think he, he was always so the they voice. kept
2: Roger Jackson, but they changed the mask. I believe so. That's that's, that's the thing. Is like stupid. it could be my memory that is telling me that season three is worse than the first two. It could be that if I watch them all again, it'd be like, okay, these are around the same quality. Okay. But it felt like there was I, I had fun watching 1 and 2. I liked the cast, but it was very it, you know, the postmodern conversations about it were very rote. Yeah. And like had the exact same conversations that they were having back in 96. Okay.
1: Yeah. Fair enough.
2: So that's where the
1: Scream franchise was living during this dur- during these uh this 11-year period um was on MTV and VH1 in three seasons of television. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, Harvey Weinstein was outed as a sexual predator Mm -hmm. Um, and it ended the Weinstein company and therein reverted the rights to scream back to Kevin Williamson. Um, You know, Wes Craven had passed away at this point. um, And so he was the only person who owned the rights anymore and then he was looking for a buyer. Now at this time the person who wanted this franchise more than anything was uh uh Blumhouse. Okay. Um yeah. they wanted this bad because they had just done Halloween and they were like, we want Scream. Like that is that is our mm-hmm. bread and butter. You can make a Scream movie for five dollars and and it'll <laughs> be it'll be great. Like we we could like kick ass, and I don't disagree. I think if they had made a screen movie, I think it would have ruled. Would it have been this? Probably not, but I bet it would have been really good. Um, but he wanted it, and he was chasing it. But the rumor is that there was something about his pitch for it that oh, Kevin Jason Blum, William, yeah, that Kevin Williamson did not care for. Got um, And I don't know what that was. Black I don't Philip. know. Yeah,
2: I don't. Yeah, I don't know. If oh wait, it was wrong, that. wrong, wrong label.
1: I don't know if he was not into like if if Blum if if Jason Bloom wanted to um reboot it like completely. Oh,
2: interesting. Yeah and not
1: do a Lega sequel, um or what the situation was, but that was the thing. Now um then we cut to uh the writers of this film, um James Vanderbilt and Guy uh Guy Busick. Um they had worked on so so guy busick specifically had written um ready or not okay uh, and james vanderbilt did he write ready or not also he did so they oh, had wait oh no he was a producer um okay. he was a producer on ready or not he was um talking with Guy Busick about like things that other things that they could produce after this, because he was like producing ready or not. And was like really into it. Like he was like, this is a great movie. You wrote a really good movie. Like what, what else do you want to work on? And James Vanderbilt, of course, being a writer himself, having worked on the two amazing Spider-Man movies, um, as well as most notably Zodiac. Um, and, and of course, uh, murder mystery. Um, sure. <laughs> a, a classic whodunit, um, for the ages. <laughs> And like uh, <laughs> and uh, 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 so he was like talking to Guy Busick, and was like, "Yeah, what do you want to do?" And Guy Busick would be like, "Was like, well, my dream thing would be to like bring back Scream. Um, it would be to write a Scream movie." And James Vanderbilt was like, "I love the Scream movies. Like, you know that wow. Kevin Williamson's looking for a buyer. Like, let's try and find somebody to like let's 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 join forces with with a studio and and really try to." To, to do this and so mm-hmm. they get together um and uh i guess james vanderbilt had like a previous um relationship with spyglass and um went to spyglass and was like hey me and guy want to write the next screen movie kevin williamson's looking for a buyer for the rights let's do this and beat jason bloom because um they have enough things. We we you should you should do something. You should do a horror film. And so um so they listen to their pitch and they really like the pitch. They bring Kevin Williamson in. Kevin Williamson is over the moon with their concept, um and their pitch. And he's like, that's the most scream thing I've ever heard. Um that didn't come out of my brain. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And is really into it. And so uh, he sells the rights to Spyglass Entertainment, who then commissioned James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick to write Scream Five. Mm. All the while, the directors Radio Silence, uh, Matt Bert- Bertinelli, Open, and Tyler Gillett are riding high on post and um, marketing for Ready or Not, you know, and are are loving the reaction that they're getting from the studio and everything else. Um, and they have no idea that they're uh, screenwriter Guy Busick <laughs> is writing a scream movie. Um, they're invited in to a meeting at Spyglass, and they're like, "Hey, so like these are what? What do you want to do next? These are the things that we're working on." And one of the things that they mention is Scream, um, and that it's written by Guy Busick. And they're like. I that's amazing can we just read that and they're like yeah and so they let them read the script and they said that they read the script over the course of three and a half hours savoring every page of this script because they were like holy shit this is a perfect scream sequel this is incredible Um, never thinking in a million years that they would be offered to direct it because they're like who the hell are we we've done one hit movie and not even a hit movie just like
2: a movie that people like
1: a critical yeah yeah a critical darling
2: didn't break the bank
1: Right. And so um, they were like, wow, this is amazing. Like, oh, man, there's so many things that like we could picture like this, doing this like this and this like this. And Spyglass Mm -hmm. was basically like, do you guys want to direct it? Um, And they basically signed on
2: that day um, to direct the movie and Mm -hmm. uh, and the rest is history. So um, that's that's fascinating. I have so much to say about that, but I I don't I want to wait until we get into spoilers.
1: Yes, absolutely. But yeah, so that's how this movie gets made. Originally supposed to be shot in May of 2020, gets pushed back to September of 2020 for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing was shooting in May of 2020. And uh, and then, you know, they shot the whole thing in COVID. The, 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 the shoot never got shut down. Like, everyone was all in on what they were yeah. doing. And we're like, no, we don't want to fuck this up. Like, yeah. we, everybody was like...
2: Let's make it a safe set. Let's get to work. Let's do this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, and, you know, slowly started bringing in the legacy characters. And, um, you know, it was like one by one. They would get them. The first one was David. David. uh, um, Arquette. Yeah. Thank you. David Arquette. And then they got in Courtney Cox. And then finally, um, Sydney Prescott herself, Nev Campbell. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and the rest is um, or will be history, I guess. Um, But uh, (laughs) currently being written. Yeah, that's how we uh, that's how we got this uh, kind of wonder of a movie. Five cream. Um, yeah, but uh, but let's 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 dig in. Let's get into it. So now we are going to go into full spoiler mode, everyone. So if you have not seen the movie, stop listening now um, and come back once you have uh, once you've gotten to see the movie. Hopefully, it comes on VOD sooner than later. Um, that's right. really what I'm hoping for for everyone involved because. It's gonna to be tough to avoid spoilers. I'm already seeing uh, gifts made of, um, made from uh, pirated stuff, like people shooting it with their cell phone. Oh at, no! At the well, like already, because um, like just nobody respects anybody anymore. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's a nightmare out there. Uh, but yeah, so uh, really hoping it hits VOD. Um, you know, maybe by the end of February, that would be really really great. Um, but uh,
2: take it away. Sure. so sure. so for obvious reasons I was not able to take notes. Yes. Uh for a detailed outline I have However, I've done I've seen it twice so I will help us through yeah, this. You've seen it twice and I saw it less than 12 hours ago. Yeah. Uh so we open with a a a, a, bear, a deceptively traditional scream called open. Yes. And this is kind of the biggest distinction between 4 and this one. Yeah. So, Four opened with this almost naked gun level Russian doll. Yeah. Of, of, of like postmodernism. Yeah. I think we even compared it to like Deadpool during our first discussion. Yeah. And this is just as self aware, but far more clever and nuanced with its delivery and like tilting of expectations. Yeah. In fact, now that we're in spoilers, you don't really get how provocative this cold open is until you get to the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Scream does something that no other Scream movie has done. It lets the girl in the cold open make it all the way to the end of the movie. Yeah. That's
1: kind of nuts. Um, yeah. And, and I will also say that this one specifically, and I don't know why this one specifically made me realize this, I, but it, 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 it did. This is the one that made me realize how fucking weird the second scream cold open is because oh, Roger yeah. Jackson isn't in it. Oh, right. Yeah. You don't get the voice. There's no phone call. Like the <laughs> phone call is in stab in the movie, but like never. not like Jada yeah. Pinkett never talks to Ghostface. Um. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Isn't it so... like I never realized <laughs> how fucking never, weird it was. Never thought um, about that. Yeah, until you stack it next to all the other ones, and you're like, "Oh, they really tried to do something different," and then the sequ- the, the sequels after that, the first, the third one, you know, comes in and it's not written by Kevin Williamson. You mm-hmm. know, he doesn't get to do his original idea for a cold open for Scream three, and and then uh, Aaron Kruger is like, "Well, let's go back to the first one. Let's do Roger Jackson. Let's do a phone call." But or let's. Putty. Let's change oh, no, the a... phone call and make it like a woman, and like you know, mm-hmm. yeah. He get he gets the the, the magical voice changer that like <laughs> matches everyone's voices using AI in the year two thousand,
2: <laughs> like a Batman villain.
1: Yeah, um, but but yeah, and then you get the fourth one, which is just like the like you said, like a Deadpool esque, um, Naked Gun like slapstick mm-hmm. crazy meta thing. Uh, that I am. I I thought was fun at the time, but I find grading watching now. Um, like every yeah. time I watch Scream Four, I'm like kind of rolling my eyes at the cold open. Um, at this point, so this is like the first one that's like legitimately goes back to the beginning and is like, okay, what makes this work? This is a conversation with a girl talking to a stranger, mm-hmm. and
2: well, yeah, I, I just want to say immediately off the bat, give it up for Roger Jackson for. An incredible vocal performance in this cold open. Yes. Yes.
1: Although right away because of the research we did on on the show about how Roger Jackson is one of the only people who knows who the killers are and is able to tailor his performance to their vocal cadence – um, oh. I knew immediately that Jack Quaid was one of the killers because of the way wow. he was talking in this cold open. The way he was performing in this cold open, I was like, "Oh, Jack Quaid is one of the killers." And it was, and I never dropped it. I never wavered. I was like, "He's one of the killers for sure."
2: That's what um, I get for not watching the boys. Yeah,
1: yeah, well, and I get it from lower decks also. Oh, that's he's, true. He's bo- he Boilner. Yeah, yeah, um,
2: but uh, but yeah, I was just immediately like, "Oh, Jack Quaid's one of the killers." Okay. Um, that's great. Yeah, I was I wasn't I I'd totally forgotten that. Um, yeah, I had read that he was on the set with Jenna Ortega, apparently. Oh, yeah. like Off camera. So that's right. cool. But like, yeah, I mean, like right off the bat, Jenna Ortega, terrific performance. I'm so glad now that you've watched you. Yeah. And, and know what a great actor she is. Yeah. No, she's great. I was thinking a lot about
1: um, how excited I am for Wednesday now. Oh, very true. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There, kind of there, there was like
1: there was like several several scenes in this where I was like, oh, I can see what her Wednesday is gonna be like.
2: Uh not to jump too far ahead, but when she is just Kubrick staring at the TV in the hospital. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. hundred percent. Yes. Um but yeah, and so like the character of Tara is so interesting and we get it all on this phone call where she is a fan of elevated horror. Oh god, I
1: love this. She, I love yeah. I love that this this movie is like no. We're not going to just hyper-focus on one thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that was the problem that the fourth movie had, I think, was that it hyper-focused on, on remakes. Though almost um, the way the two hyper-focused on part two. On sequels, sequels. and then three hyper-focused on trilogy trilogies. Trilogies. Yeah. yeah, trilogies. Um, uh, it was... they went back to more of the concept of the first film, which was like all horror films Mm -hmm. and not even just slashers, right? Like there's references to other things in that first scream, but like with, with this, they're like, we're going to talk about elevated horror, but also we're going to talk about legacy sequels because Mm -hmm. both of those things are important to like what's happening in both horror and also just like pop culture as a whole.
2: Yeah and you 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 realize now in retrospect and this is the cool part about watching the movie a second time and I can't wait for is it is um Amber and Jack Quaid punishing uh Tara yes for her snooty her elevated horror opinions definitely
1: and But it's also – and this is another thing that I really, 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 really love about this movie because it's one of the reasons why, like, I can't get fully on board with being, like, without a doubt the first scream is the best one Mm -hmm. and because as we talked about um, in our franchisography episode – Henry Principal Henry Winkler is literally killed because they're like, we need a kill between this point and this point. And there's yeah. literally no purpose for it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It, 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 just, it just has to happen because it does, right? Yeah, you think exactly it. because you love Scream. Right, and you just let it go. But like, in this movie, every single kill is strategic, right? They mm-hmm. specifically hurt her but do not kill her to get Samantha back to Woodsboro. That's the reason that they do it. And every kill after this is strategic. There is a reason why they're doing this to move the plot along, to, like, get certain people out of the way or to just, like, make sure that all signs point to Sam Hmm. as the killer.
2: They're so much more media literate than even Stu and Billy were. Yeah. Yeah. That they're able to improv and write their own live movie far more efficiently than those two knuckleheads were able to. Yeah, they're like they are the equivalent of wild fucking animals
1: compared to <laughs> these two characters. Compared to Richie, um, Richie and Amber, they are like mm-hmm. wild animals. You know, right. like they just have no idea what the fuck they're doing. They think they do, but they they don't. You know.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and it's yeah, you're right, and it's you know, and again, it's cool that. Um, she is not a sacrificial lamb, Tara. She really kind of challenges that idea, and she ends up getting the final like "fuck you." The Babadook's awesome, right? Like, yes.
1: <laughs> I still prefer the Duke.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that and that's great. We'll talk about Tara the whole movie, but uh, like, and right away, um, its use of technology, I think, ele- is elevated from four. Yeah. Where it's not as like the phones are crazy and oh okay so this this guy's
1: got a camera on his head all the whole he's live streaming all the time.
2: And (laughs) what I what I wanted to say before spoilers um, is as much as this movie is condemning and taking fandom to task, which is great. This Mm. is a movie that could only have been made by fans of Scream. Yes, you know Wes Craven's fifth Scream wouldn't have been this. No. It wouldn't have made the choices. It wouldn't have thought to do things because it was made by scream fans. I agree. I will be. I will be
1: completely honest.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that they should have that Wes Craven should have walked away from scream. I get why he didn't. I get why he didn't. Yeah, yeah. The residuals characters. are are oh, probably okay. fucking insane for she these movies, money. right? Yeah. I get. I totally get from business place why he didn't, but. He probably should have walked after the second one. Like, he probably should not have come back for the third one. He probably should have stood his ground with Kevin mm-hmm. Williamson and been like, no, if Kevin's not back, I'm not coming back and not come back. Um, and I think that the sequels would have been better after that. But. Sure. um because I just don't think his heart was in it, and so he was finding joy in other things, which is why Scream 3 and Scream 4 are so silly. They're, like, a little goofier.
2: Right, because it wasn't enough. It was like, well, I can't just make another Scream movie, but th- these filmmakers have been waiting their whole lives to make a Scream movie. Right, right. And, and I, one and... that's on par with the OG. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, and speaking of on par, um, I mean, like, they make a joke about it, but Tara just gets her shit rocked. Yes. In this first scene. Yes. And – and what's so and we and this is definitely something we talked about in the first movie, but even unlike Drew Barrymore, Jenna Ortega is a teenager. Yes. And she look you know, I'm watching the movie and I'm like that is a child. Yes.
1: There there's a point where she shows up at the party
2: later, I'm like, what is she doing here? She is twelve years old. <laughs> True, yeah. But like, like how so- is she friends with all these thirty year old people? <laughs> and so yeah, and so the injuries are so much more you know, when the knife goes through her hand. Yeah the whole theater just react, you know, was like, ah, and yeah. she wears that injury for the entire, that injury becomes a plot point that the audience never forgets the whole movie. Yeah. Is that she got 100%. stabbed in a fucking hand. Yeah. No, it is brutal.
1: And I love that they have, uh, uh, that, that Richie and Amber have different kill styles. So mm-hmm. like, this is Amber in this opening scene because, um, Richie is talking to her on the phone, but mm-hmm. Amber is like sending the fake video of herself yeah. threatening herself. She's doing the texts, right? But this Richie is the one, right? Richie is the one talking, right? Because he's still back by the, with the in the bowling alley in the other in town. Modesto. Modesto, right. Um, he's, in, he's in Modesto. So that's how this is operating. So this is her, and you can tell that it's her because her move when she's Ghostface is that she does the I'm stabbing you and I'm pushing the knife with my other hand because she's a girl, like a teenage girl. She needs, all, she needs all of her upper body strength to overcome grown men.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then whereas Jack Quaid's vibe when he's Ghostface is he stabs a bunch. He's like rapid stab. Yeah. Rapid stabs. Yeah. That's not her her thing. She is more strategic. I think she's the one who kills Kyle Gallner
2: because like of like just like okay. that quick, like just yeah, quick and, stab in the throat. Oh yeah. So and all that's super great. I love that yeah. so much. I think this I would argue this is the scariest ghost faced has been in the whole series. I think I agree with that. Yeah. Like they just shoot the hell out of him. Yeah. I mean, out of the suit, out of the mat, out of the presence. Yeah. And it was it was great, and like the first shock of the movie. Uh, so we we get to Modesto, we meet um, uh, Tara's sister, Sam Samantha, mm-hmm. played by uh, Michelle Barrera. Yes, and uh, the first twist of the movie, the Tara survived. Yes,
1: which I was totally unexpected. I like I I was I was shocked by that because mm-hmm. I I did think I was like oh that's a shitty ending to the cold open like like it's like a. Like a weird like slash transition. I was like, oh, it like was that weird, it? especially considering like they had no problem showing like the stab through the hand in like all gory detail. And then mm-hmm. they cut away from the kill. Weird. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, she's alive.
2: And I'm like, she's what? Like, <laughs> I
1: was like, wait, what, what am I watching? Holy shit.
2: Yeah. yeah. And It was the first example of the movie being ahead one step ahead of me yes the movie nerd who had been reading interviews and and it's like we promise the trailer doesn't give away anything we promise there was a misdirect i'm like well it was just a scream opening What a waste of of jenna oh oh she survived shit yeah yeah hell yeah um and so yeah yeah yeah, we're introduced to
1: sam we're introduced to wes yes um, obviously named after wes craven um Mm -hmm. and then we're introduced to uh, uh to richie
2: yeah Um, wes calls uh calls sam from woodsboro and is like hey i know you haven't spoken to your sister in years she's been attacked it was some asshole wearing a ghost face mask right you're you're from woodsboro you know what that means and richie is like i'm the good boyfriend like let me come with you yeah and so they they drive back to woodsboro jack Quaid is so fucking good in this movie he's perfect yes He's just up there with like the best scream. He's like up there with Stu and Timothy Oliphant, where he's just having so much fun getting the audience to fall in love with this character the whole movie. Yeah.
1: Also, when you watch it the second time and you watch all of his stuff, <laughs> you realize that what he's doing is he's a nice guy. Oh, he's nice the- guying the shit out of her.
2: Like hey, there's even
1: that, yeah. a part where he tips a ha- tips a fake hat like a like a, a an invisible hat at her. Like that's he's doing so all of the fucking nice guy like milady tropes yeah. like the
2: whole time. But you're not even annoyed by it, you're charmed by it. Right, right. I, you know. Until you go see it again and then you're like, "Oh fuck this guy." <laughs> you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. that's great. And so they drive back and yeah, we meet. There was this Letterboxd review I saw last night that was like the friend group falls apart within seconds, and it's amazing. Yes, where you meet Tara's friends, you meet. Uh, so you meet uh, Mindy and Mindy's brother. I sorry, I have this open actually. Uh, so they are Randy's uh, niece and nephew, right? Um, that we haven't met. Mindy and Chad.
1: Mindy and Chad. Who? Meeks Martin. Who I will say, um, and for those of you who don't listen to Geek by night, uh you should, but we 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 write it um, in case you didn't know, but like <laughs> I was just getting consistent Gibson Mindy energy from them,
2: oh, great. That's I awesome. mean, you know, part of One it, is...
1: the thing that, the thing that flashed in my brain was that her name was Mindy, obviously, No, but sure. like, but, but I will... was like watching their energy and I was like, oh, I could totally see them being like a different iteration of those characters.
2: Absolutely. Cause you've even all, you know, listeners forget Gibson is supposed to be kind of like half nerd, half jock. Right. Totally. Yeah. So. Or like, he I think he even did play football, but yeah, so they're both great. They're Randy's niece and nephew. We never meet their, their, their dad, which is interesting. I think that could be a fun casting going forward if we get to do mm. that. Um, we also
1: never meet, um, we, we also never meet Sam and Tara's mom and have very true no idea who she could be, how they when, met, how she met Billy, how she met Billy. When the, when, when did she get pregnant with Billy? Cause a mm. lot of people are like, oh, she, she, he cheated on Sydney with this, with this girl. But I'm like, no, he could have gotten her pregnant his junior year before he started dating Sydney because he didn't start dating Sydney until he killed her mom after yeah after he killed her mom for uh for uh uh, uh breaking Reasons. up his his parents mm-hmm. um and then and then uh started dating sydney because he got a plan for like what he wanted to do with the rest you know yeah life's one big movie said yeah exactly um so so the, he could have she could have been uh, conceived before he started dating Sydney, theoretically. Not mm-hmm. to say that like a fucking psychopath couldn't cheat on his girlfriend, but <laughs> but like just I'm so fascinated by this because I'm like, who is she? Like, is she like could she be one of the um, one of the girls in the bathroom who are like that? Would be great. That'd be a great y- retcon. Yeah. Just like one of them, I was like keep I kept waiting for like a flashback to that scene of like Sydney in one stall and then it moves over to another stall, and her mom is like looking at a pregnancy test. Oh no, oh shit, shit, yeah. shit.
2: <laughs> everyone was having a bad day that day. yeah <laughs> I would love that. Uh, <laughs> this is also where we meet Amber for the first time and um live yes the uh the kind of the red herring of the movie yeah.
1: Liv, who I would argue is kind of the
2: most nothing character in I the movie. feel bad for this. I think I think she's – Liv is so interesting because it, the movie almost calls out how uninteresting she is. But it's not enough to make her interesting, you know? It, it's just a real thankless role. Yeah. yeah. And it's like I, – I think the moments where, where Liv comes to life later on in the movie were really interesting where she bites back. But um, see, I didn't.
1: I didn't like that scene.
2: I didn't like it the second uh, time I watched it. I just okay, wasn't, interesting, interesting. I just wasn't into it. I, there
1: was um, something that just didn't feel natural in it. It felt mm-hmm. a little forced. Sure, sure, um, sure. And then I was just like, I was like, oh, okay, so you made the boring character the sort of like more sexually promiscuous. And gave her pink hair, and like, uh, okay, you know, and I'm just like, this is we're above this. screen. You're trying to hide that she's boring, but like, she's boring, and then you have all the characters calling her boring, and I'm just like, okay, like mm-hmm. I, you know, and you're right, it's a red herring. That's the point of it. Is they're like, they're they're trying, but then that scene I think takes the bite out of the red herringness because as soon as she does that scene. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh well, she's not. She's not the killer.
2: Oh, uh, I see. Because like, okay, yeah, they kind of they they blew their shot. They kind of gave her a a, a scene. Yeah, it's such an interesting dance, but yeah. compared to because this is obviously supposed this first scene with them all hanging out under the under the school flag outside mm-hmm. is absolutely supposed to emulate the friend group from Scream One. Uh-huh. But these kids are immediately like, well, you could be the killer. You could be the killer. You suck. It's probably it's probably you, Wes. You're the boyfriend. Oh, you're a little too. Uh you are being really protective, Amber, you know? Yeah. Just like no loyalty. <laughs> none. None whatsoever.
1: Um I, I don't know how Mindy has any friends, uh, to be honest, because
2: <laughs> she's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, pretty consistently like and I don't like there are even more I guess it kind of makes sense if you think this is like fifth generation or third, fourth generation Woodsboro teens. Sure of yeah. like they they probably eat Kirby they probably they were alive when like everyone died from Scream 4. Yeah. She so, watches she watches the movie that depicts
1: her uncle being murdered mm-hmm. for comfort. She said she finds it comforting watching him be murdered. Yeah. Um or almost murdered. Uh, I guess because it's the first stab, but mm-hmm. yeah. That's another thing. We have never seen the second stab. That's very true. Or the third one. Um, we saw them making the third what we thought would be the third one, but then I don't think right. they end up using that one and they end up making the die. real stab three that's based off, off of Scream Three, probably using all the same sets and stuff, but right, no in Hollywood. Yeah, right. <laughs> but but yeah, I want to see that's what would be one of my things if we get any of the sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a sequel to this, I want to see footage from the other stabs. I want to see oh, yeah. who's. I want to see who's playing Laurie Metcalf in Stab Two. Oh yeah, so much
2: opportunity. Who was Olafont? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Who's Jerry O'Connell? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we find out that Wes's mom is Judy Hicks from Scream Four. Yes, and that's something else. I think this movie does really deftly is it doesn't do the easy legacy sequel thing of only the good ones happened. It uses the whole menu, the whole it, plate. It does. However, there are only like a few references. To yes. I think there are zero references to scream 2. Fair enough. I was I was I, I'll, there's also zero references to Jill. True, other than there's just a reference that it happened. Mm-hmm. The, the, but, the event, but no one's ever like you know her fucking niece was the killer ten well, years ago. Dude, there's a there's a scene later where 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 Gail's like I started this, I wrote this book,
1: and she's like no Billy Loomis started it. I'm like well actually your brother Roland started this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> up, 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 up. It was all your credit where long, credits due. <laughs> your long lost brother Roland technically started the events that. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, so
1: I uh, so so there's there's two references to Scream Three in the movie. One in the form of Randy's sister, back um, yes. as the mom of of the the Meeks twins. Delightful. Um. And and then the other reference is that Mark is canonically married with kids to Sydney. Mark is Patrick Dempsey from Scream Three.
2: Oh, that flew right over my head. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that.
1: Yeah, that's who she's married to. Hmm. That's okay. Mark. Yep, Patrick Dempsey. Well, as long as she's happy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, and then with Scream 4. Uh, There's that reference of, like, the last time this happened was in 2011. There's Mm -hmm. Judy Hicks. And then there's a blink-and-you-miss-it Easter egg, which is... So fucking exciting, Nick! I don't know if you know this, but there's a scene where Jack Quaid's character is in the hotel room watching YouTube videos about Stab yes. Eight, and like we're hyper focused on like what Ryan Johnson's Stab Eight looks like, right? Absolutely, so, you're not paying attention. The second time I watched it, I looked over to the right, and there are a series of YouTube v- videos that oh, are oh, like, like watch recommended,
2: next. yeah, watch next, yeah, yeah,
1: and one of them is, uh, one of them is ten years later, Survivor Kirby Reed. Talks. Whoa Kirby's alive. Kirby's canonically alive. Kirby is canonically alive.
2: Oh, we did it, guys. Yeah. Oh man, now I can't wait. Now I have to that's great.
1: Yeah. That's great. Hey, awesome. Aiden, Aiden so so they gotta bring her back in one of the sequels if they do another one. Have Absolutely. to I wanna Just... I everybody fucking loves Kirby. She's the best part of Scream Four. Like yeah. hands down without a doubt. The best now part. Now she's of Scream got a 4. now she's got a cool limp. Oh my god. Hell yeah. So she just takes uh, over for Dewey.
2: She's the new Dewey. I remember this. They give her his theme song. <laughs> Burner. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was a, that was a moment. That was, that was a moment. I, I'm the only person who reacted to, but I was like, I was like, Yah! I was like our big restrained <laughs> reaction to that, to that yeah. his theme coming back. Oh, not, yeah. not, not, not to skip ahead. Um, uh, so if I'm not mistaken, after the meet, we meet the kids, we get the hospital with Tara and her friends are there, and then that's where Samantha and Richie come. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that what's next? Uh yes. And like everyone is very much not so. Some uh, some of the kids are chill with uh, Sam because like they babysat me. You know, she used to babysit us, you know. Yeah, she let me wear and- Pokemon pajamas. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was uh, I almost called him Gibson. That was um, see, uh, <laughs> the actor's name is Mason
1: yeah and the character's chad.
2: name chad that's, that's, that's chad he doesn't so, look like a chad yeah. yeah but amber is like she she sucks she walked out on tara and um but she's but but that's strategic mm-hmm. because she's trying to set up that she's the killer
1: right that yeah that, because that's, the, that's killer. the ending that they want that's the mm-hmm. ending to the movie that they're trying to set up
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah uh so uh sam reunites with tara uh what what happens because we don't get the reveal yet. A bunch of stuff happens before the reveal.
1: Yeah, no. So they so they they um she asks everyone to leave except for Sam. Mm-hmm. Um they have like a little sisterly bonding moment um of just Thanks like and back. like she breaks down because she was like, It was so scary. Like yeah. I thought I was gonna die. And it's like heartbreaking. Like yeah, I was yeah. like literally like tearing up a little bit seeing that kind of reaction because yeah. if you look back at the other screams, one of the things that Wes Craven did that that the Radio Silence guys are choosing not to is treating the deaths in like, un, not a, a solemn way. Like the violence isn't solemn; it is like heart wrenching. Mm-hmm. Of like, no, this was a person who was my friend, and they were alive, and now they're not alive anymore. Or mm-hmm. this was so scary; I thought I was going to die. They stabbed me through. I got stabbed so many times, and I really thought I was dead. That is horrifying. And that's something that none of the other ones do because they're too busy making jokes and like talking about how
2: desensitized the youth of America is, you know? Yeah, you're right. You know, the violence, the violence that we live in as a country today in 2022 is very different than what people in the 90s had to deal with.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. And I, I don't think it's. We're not able to look at violence with the arched eyebrow mm-hmm. Gen X distance that they, we had back then mm-hmm. of like, LOL, nothing matters of we're like, no, like this sucks and this is not fun. Right. And yeah. it's not, you know. Yeah. So I really, I really appreciated that. I really um, did, too. Um, so they have that
1: moment. Uh, and then Sam goes into the break room. Um, And that's when she gets called by Ghostface uh, using Amber's phone. Yes. Um, And because it's Amber.
2: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Richie is in the hospital bed or hospital room watching Stab on Netflix. Right. Because uh, movies that he claims to have never seen. Yes. Um, There's this really great scene where they're driving into Woodsboro
1: and – uh, he's like, so like, what's the deal with the stab movies? And she's like, yeah, they wear like, they wear like this ghost mask and they like killed a bunch of people. And he's like, like Halloween. And she's like, no, not, lo- not like Halloween. And she, and he's like, sounds a lot like Halloween. Oh, yeah. She's
2: like, Yeah. Okay. It's basically like Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. It's yeah. Just a really underrated. Like the humor is just, yeah, it's smart while still being loving. Yeah. Or uh, affectionate. I think yes. Of like the original movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they go to woods. So the attack happens. Oh,
1: I'm just realizing the other thing about that conversation because he's like he mentions that, and then later he was like he was like talking about how like he jokes about like oh yeah, and then these people got a good idea and watched J J uh, uh Friday the Thirteenth and was like I yeah I'm I'm yeah that that Jason guy's got a lot of good points or
2: whatever right, right? the he kind of Joker joke. argument yeah
1: but when you go to the third act. One of he, their arguments is that the thing that the Scream franchise is missing is a singular, ongoing killer.
2: Yes, yeah, in the vein and of so, Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees. Yeah,
1: and so he keeps making references like, "Oh yeah, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like oh
2: yeah," because he's
1: it. like trying to like seed like, "Oh, he, this is this, this is, is my, my con. Movie. This is my new
2: concept for the staff yeah, movies. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, pretty that's, good. Uh, so after the attack, Amber." Jumps on Samantha's ass and it's or like, where were you? You could have been it. Mm-hmm. like, where was Richie just sowing discord. There is an amazing glance between Amber and Richie when they first meet. Mm-hmm. And I, my honest, like first watching it, I'm like, oh, are they going to like hook up later? Is that going to be drama? Mm. Because I sensed kind of a connection between them. Here's, here's the thing that when you watch it again,
1: you're going to be like, Oh, this is the first time they're seeing each other in person.
2: Oh, right. And they're like, "That's who you are." And
1: they're like, "Oh, fuck! Like this is happening. This is like really happening. Like you're Mm -hmm. here." And like they obviously, I mean, I don't know what level of like sexual relationship they have or online relationship Mm -hmm. they have, but they are like calling each other like babe or hun or something like that in the third act. So like, there's something, something going on there. Whether or not she, she as the stew character um is just like a puppy dog kind of like like our theories about like stew is really in love with billy right right if that's the same situation that
2: richie is using her um the way that billy was using stew but yeah we'll get into it later especially at the end with amber because it's like yeah how much volition does she actually have right how much is she stringing people along is she actually the brains of the outfit yeah yeah i don't know um so what happens after the uh the attack So the the ghost face
1: attack happens. She goes and gets um, one of the cops. He doesn't see anything.
2: Who is the cop, the kind of tall cop? That is Richardson from Hot Rod. Oh. He's like, we did it, Richardson. Rod knows my name. Rod knows my name. (laughs) That's funny.
1: Um, Oh, and this is also before the first ghost face attack. This is our first... Uh, Our introduction, which was a shock of Skeet Ulrich returning as Billy Loomis. Yes. As as a vision um, that she has. She takes psych medication to like she has a psychosis where she's Mm -hmm. seeing uh, Billy Loomis. Yeah. uh, I have this condition.
2: I see Skeet Ulrich, but he's been de-aged like 30 (laughs) years. He fucking looks good, too. It, they they keep getting better and better with that technology yeah it's kind of it's getting kind of scary i'll be honest because it was <laughs> it was really good i thought it looked really good i know well, i can tell it was good because i'm like oh that's cool they cast a different actor they didn't do any of that weird de-aging technology and i'm like <laughs> oh that's supposed to be skeet ulrich oh they de-aged skeet ulrich that yeah. was my that was my mental breakdown oh okay yeah so we get that introduction then the ghost face, hap- ghost face attack happened. Oh, and then she's like, "Can everyone leave? I need to tell Tara something." Yeah, and then she's like, "I'm Billy Loomis's daughter." Yes, illegitimate pow- daughter. Illegitimate daughter. The power that flows through me is his power. Yes, <laughs> right. Um. Um, and so she left because
1: she she found a bunch of diaries from her mom in high school that she read mm-hmm. because she was like, "Oh, it would be cute to see how my mom met my dad." Thinking big, that it was big wrong, yeah. Thinking it was her her actual like her dad that raised her, but mm-hmm. she finds out that her mom was having an affair with Billy Loomis in high school, got pregnant by Billy, and that she is the daughter of Billy Loomis, the original one of the original killers from uh, Scream, and um, it is she's telling Tara this. Tara is realizing that her sister left because she was scared there's this so this is one of the things that i want to really work through in our conversation about this because this is the part of the movie that i'm iffy on right okay i appreciate that they're just going the full palpatine route right in the first Mm -hmm. one they're like we're not gonna tease this out we're just gonna like
2: boom yeah i'm glad palpatine that's great (laughs) it was act one it wasn't a big twist at the end it was great yes Right. Totally.
1: Um, And so uh, so that's all well and good. And I like the de-aging stuff. I loved I was shocked by how much I loved seeing Billy again. However, the element of it that I'm confused about and I feel like I'm almost there with my second (laughs) viewing. But there's something about like she ran away from her sister and her family because she was scared of who she really was. And so she runs away from them. She runs away from who she really is from her real father, her her, her natural father,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, with psychosis medication and all these things. And she, she tries to basically isolate herself from any sort of family connection mm-hmm. because either way it's bad, right? I'm bad yeah. for the good family or, and my, my, re, my other side of my family is bad, right? So she's like yeah. isolating herself from it. And – her arc in this seems to be about embracing family, but it's embracing all of her family, including Billy Loomis, who has this moment at the end in her psychosis of, like, that'll do, pig?
2: Yes. That is very um, weird. And I don't, yes. know that if I, I don't know that I like that. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. And I think you're seeing this. And I think that is, to skip to the end, just to have this conversation now because we're having it. Yeah. Uh, something very provocative that this scream does. It, and it's kind of something that i was just thinking about this it's it's something that you and i have been talking about in our series of scream mm-hmm. where going back to the first movie they the, they really enjoy blurring the line between killer and victim yes there's a moment where sydney takes the the voice test the voice recorder right and and taunts billy and Stu. right and where's and, the costume and where's the costume yeah. and there's uh, i read a review or a slash film thing i think it was breaking down the kills and it was, you know, uh, Amber's kill and Richie's kill are both very reveling in, in the torture of this character. Yes. In a way that kind of blurs the line between hero and villain. Yeah. And what I found really provocative and cool and exhilarating about Sam at the end is she was like an anti-hero where mm-hmm. she's taking ghost face like joy and killing the shit out of this bad guy. Right. And the audience very is like, similar to the ending mm-hmm. of Ready or Not. Oh, good point. Yeah. yeah, where we get the almost you know Tarantino has the same sort of mindset where it's like the audience has been waiting. They hate this character, so th- appeal to their baser nature, right? And let them revel in the violence and right. the the vengeance of it, right? And we even get Billy like good. Good, good job. Right, that it's that it's that that'll do, pig.
1: <laughs> moment yeah. that I'm just not. That's my
2: girl. That's my daughter.
1: What? Which is because the problem that I have with it is like it's not really him. So it's, it's her. It's her. She's <laughs> she has a psychosis. So like <laughs> it's like yeah. it's 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 not the ghost of Billy Loomis. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's her imagination, and so it's very strange. And so like the fact that it's not really him. I guess makes it lean more toward okay because it's more about her accepting herself and where she comes from like, than it is Billy
2: accepting her because yeah. he's dead and he's never coming back. No, totally. And I think it's about her getting to the place where Sydney is in this movie. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, I'm Sydney fucking Prescott. Of course I have a gun. Right, like, yeah, I'm Billy Loomis's daughter. I can pop off at any minute. I know right. that about myself, but I'm not yeah. afraid of it anymore.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. That's winning me over on it, honestly, because it it it's tough. It's a it's
2: it's really <laughs> tough to like nail down because it's like he's writing a razor thin line. For sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 And especially, I think we'll see if they do make if they do continue the Carpenter sisters' story going yeah. forward. If they reckon with, oh my God, I have this dark side of me. I want to. I want to see fucking. I want to see D.H. Laurie Metcalf, buddy. Oh man,
1: hell yeah! That's what I want in the sequel. That's I. I truly do. I want. I want. I want. Fuck. I want. <laughs> I want Skeet Ulrich and Laurie Metcalf to share a scene in her psychosis. Where they're like fighting over her soul. Cause it's the first time that we would ever see Billy and his mother share a like, scene. I, oh, you old
2: hag, shut up. You know, oh, oh, Billy, come move. on. Don't, oh, yeah. oh, oh, God, I would love it. I would love <laughs> it. I would love uh, it. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so we get to see it. Tara takes it horribly. She's like, fuck you. How could you drop this on me? Yeah. Get out. You get know, the like, fuck out of here. Yeah. It was great. She was like, I don't know how to process this. This is crazy. Like, get out, leave. Yeah. I, I got I got stabbed through the hand. Right. And yeah. then
1: um and then he uh uh, uh Richie was listening. And <laughs> yeah. um it's just like, yeah, no, I was listening. She's like, "Aren't you freaked out?" And he's like, "Oh yeah. I'm I'm definitely freaked out." Mm-hmm. Uh but, you know, I'm not going to leave." And she's like, "This is the part where you're supposed to leave." Um and uh <laughs> and yeah, it's a pretty good scene. It's super it. mani- it's super manipulative from him um mm-hmm. on second watch uh in all the best ways. All of His and Amber scenes second watch through, excellent work. I honestly work even better. I I think work better than any other Scream movie. Um, because I don't think Mickey works at all in Scream Two. Okay, right? Like on rewatch, any scene with Mickey, you're just like, I. There's nothing here. Like
2: it just. Does Timothy Oliphant know he's the killer in this scene right now? And he doesn't because as we talked about, they like rewrote it on the fly.
1: (laughs) Um, and then, uh, in Scream, I don't think Stu on rewatch does a lot to like tee up him being a killer, right? Because all the focus is on Billy. He's like the surprise, like, oh, there's a second killer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, and. He's kind of the Richie, I guess. Yeah. And the less said about, (laughs) the less said about Roland, the better. Uh. (laughs) I will say, I will say that I think the closest that this comes to like being like really like good setup is um, Emma Roberts, who, okay. when you watch it again, you're like, oh, this actually kind of rules. Like, I really like, yeah, 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 seeing Emma Roberts' performance throughout this. Um, but Colkin doesn't really work out as well. I think right. Colkin yeah. is more
2: in that stew place. That's um. Well, well, yeah, we'll get to the kids later, but I, I, I was kind of like, oh, do I like these kids better than Scream Four kids? Like, where, where are we at? Yeah. So then, at this point, Richie and Sam go to visit Dewey, right? Right. This is this is the return of Dewey Riley, the return of Dewey Riley. So we get a, a heartbreaking. Uh, we we see that uh, a Dewey still has Tatum's ashes. Yeah, that he keeps on a mantle. Yeah. I thought that was beautiful. And that was heartbreaking. And I thought about that a lot,
1: especially when he calls Sydney. And you see Sydney and she's got she's running with like her baby her, in a stroller. Her, yeah. And she's driving like, she's in her 40s now. And I was just like, Oh, that could have been right That that could that could have been Tatum. Like
2: Oh yeah. I mean And like, it was
1: and I just think about how heartbreaking that would be to like never see your sister get there. But then like it was like the first time that I really, really felt their relationship sydney and dewey's relationship was that phone call
2: yeah yeah because it is kind of returning to that w- sense of weight and reality that the characters lived in in the first two screams yes like because there's that that really beautiful there's a part in scream Two where like dewey and and sydney are meeting under that weird veranda yeah or and another really like, that feels like a return to that scene for sure yeah. yeah and he's like look like you are my sister now yeah i i have to care for you the way that i would have that I couldn't be be there for Tatum, I want to be there for you.
1: Whereas in the 3rd and 4th one, they both seem feel like they're there out of contractual obligations. They like, do. Hey the said. Hey, yeah, the yeah. characters feel like they're there in contractual obligations. I guess, I guess we have they're, to do this again. Yeah, there's very little like emotionality between them in, in those two. I I
2: think I unironic, ironically think that Dewey and Gale is one of the best like long form love stories. Yes. in cinema. Yes, and as, as
1: it has everything to do with the fact that they actually were together in real life too.
2: Oh yeah, you can't. You know, the, yeah, the weight that, the chemistry and honesty that they bring. But that shot they, that he has, that picture of them. Oh yeah, that is a picture of Courtney Cox and David Arquette. Like that yeah. is
1: that is a picture of them. I think on their honeymoon.
2: That's crazy because it just looks like are you, as soon as you see it, the human mind is like, that's a real photo. Yeah, mm-hmm. that wasn't like a photo shoot, like on the, in pre-pro or something. Right, right. But before they even meet, we see that they've separated probably Mm -hmm. like a couple years after Scream 4 because it's been a while. Right. And now Dewey watches Good Morning America with Gale from New York every morning. And that's part of his like sad guy ritual. It's like the closest he can get to her because he knows he messed up. He knows that this was his fault. And now he's kind of like Luke in Last Jedi where he's like living in exile.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, he's like Han Solo. He's like Han for, Solo, but even better. In, in Force yeah. Awakens. Um Hondo.
2: Yeah, uh, for many reasons, as we'll get into. Hondo <laughs> percent. So yeah. uh, Sam and Richie visit Dewey. Dewey, like a boss, immediately clocks Richie. And he goes, well, it's probably the boyfriend. Yeah. How long have you known him? Has he, <laughs> has he shown any interest in
1: Stab or the Woodsboro Murders? Like, just <laughs> nailing him to the fucking wall. Like, right there. Yeah. To the point where, if I'm Richie... I'm like, oh, shit, the gig is up. Like, I, yeah, the yeah, gig is yeah. up.
2: Like, I am fucked. Um, I was, I vastly underestimated this guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so uh, uh, Dewey gives them, like, a breakdown of the rules. But he's like, I'm out. Right? He's like, he's not immediately, like, I'm going to help you guys. Yeah, no, he slams the door in their face. Yeah. Yeah. He, like, kicks them out. He's like, well, your time's up. And then slams the door. Yes. Yeah, two, you have two minutes. I'm watching a show that I like. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, then he but, calls that's when he calls sydney oh my god he texts gail ghost is yeah. back stay away hope you're doing well smiley face <laughs> yeah he's like i probably shouldn't use the smiley face he's uh, never been better i don't think this is
1: this is as good as scream 2 dewey i i mean yeah. like like scream 3 and scream 4 dewey are not good scream 4 they're letting him they're they're taking him too seriously right he's not fun mm. he's serious sheriff and, like, they're yeah. just taking him very seriously, and he's not Dewey anymore. Um, and in the third one, he's, like, a bodyguard, and it's lame. <laughs> it's lame. He's like, a, he's, like, a sellout bodyguard. It's, like, so lame. Yeah. Um, so I, this is, like, yeah, back to, like, on par with, with movie one and movie two Dewey, without mm-hmm. a doubt. This is Dewey Riley
2: as I remember him. Woodsboro's finest. Yeah. Um, God, it's and then, so good. And then we cut back to the Hicks family, Correct. Uh yes, they so they go
1: to visit them to like put them all in a room because he's like
2: oh that's right that bit that crazy scene that's all that's true yeah because so he's, like, of- he's
1: like he's like there if if there's a small friend does she have a close knit friend group because the killer's in that group yeah um, boom right again and he's right again and so she calls them all in and it's like shows mm-hmm. up at the Meeks residence to
2: like yeah this is where we get uh, Heather Maserato returning right and uh, and this is where we get. Uh, and then Dewey shows up to help with the uh, the theme song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is – yeah, we're here, Dewey's theme. I freaked out in my seat. And and he
1: says, I'm here to to uh, momentarily help with your investigation. I'm here to
2: momentarily help
1: mo- with your – yeah. It's the fucking most Dewey Riley thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh, God, it was so good. Yeah, he never was... talks like that in the third and fourth movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, what makes so you think
2: good. I'm not using my sense of narrative? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, oh, Fuck. Uh, one of my favorite lines is when uh, Wes just like cuts like you just like insults do. And he's like, I think you might be the killer because that cut deep. Yeah. <laughs> that got a big reaction in my audience. Yeah. For sure.
1: Like everybody uh, fucking loved that shit.
2: And then this is when Mindy goes into her uh, requel monologue. <clears throat> right. About, you know, Star Wars, The Force Awakens and how, you know, you got to go back to the source material. And I just- I love this monologue. Mm-hmm. For
1: multiple reasons, I love I love that this whole movie is a fucking middle finger to Last Jedi haters. Um,
2: very, yeah, very very much so.
1: Love that. Uh, but also, it is um, I was so impressed with this monologue because unlike the sequel, the other sequels, you know, mm-hmm. Randy's sequel conversation with with Dewey is a re- very much a retread of his first iconic conversation about yeah. the rules of a slasher film. The trilogy thing less said about that the better. <laughs> the trilogy video. Um and then in the fourth one, Kirby's shit, like Kirby's breakdown of how remakes work and like all of that. I think it's Kirby and Culkin, right? They mm-hmm. both have, like, there's, like, it's, like, split between two conversations, the rules of, like, remakes and stuff like that. Um, And it's, again, just feels like a retread. This doesn't feel, this feels like it's a spiritual sequel to that initial conversation in the first film without
2: feeling like a retread of it. Well, it feels motivated. Yeah. And, like, Mindy has an opinion as a character and she's, like, it just feels kind of going back to, like, we said about Scream 1 where it's just talking about Movies and horror. Yeah. It, it's not really coming in with any specific agenda. It's just saying, this is kind of where we're at right now. Right. And there's this really great thing where she's like, oh,
1: isn't it, uh, 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 what's her name? Um, uh, oh, I forget her name already. Uh, Liv. Liv is yeah. like, oh, wasn't Stab 8? Isn't that the one that the guy from, from the Knives, Knives out, out Guy? Made? Yeah. yeah. The Knives Out Guy? And she's like, I kind of like that one. And she's like, you would. You have terrible taste. The reason that people don't like that one is because, uh, you know, it's it's trying to force all of these like social things and like all of this and whatnot. And then somebody else is like, well, what's wrong with that? Elevated horror is great. Fucking, you know, get out. Rules. Jordan Peele's and, a genius. Yeah. yeah. Jordan Peele's a genius. He's like, she, she's like, yeah, of course that he is. But that's not stab. That's the difference. It's like, that's yeah. not stab. Stab is trash. And like, mm-hmm. it has to stay trash. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and so it's not she's not like being like elevated horse sucks. She's like, it's great. But that's not what stab is. They're two different things and they should not intersect.
2: Right. You know? and, and like that could very well be, you know, I'm freaking fascinated to hear what Jason Blum's uh, pitch was, because in the most non insulting way possible. And this is what I was thinking during spoiler free time of like, what else do you do with a Scream 5? right but have this conversation yeah as brilliant as cool as it was it also felt inevitable and so i'm like well what what was he doing like what what was blumhouse going to do if it wasn't this because this feels like the only thing worth I, doing with a fifth screen movie
1: yeah i think the only thing that makes sense is that they were going to reboot it i think that's right. what they were going to do because think about it why they're not going to bring back the original cast because they are like well this has lost its cachet or mm-hmm. or Here's the other thought process. <laughs> were they going to pull a Halloween and fucking drop all the sequels and be like, those didn't really happen?
2: Oh, like that again. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like only the first Scream mm-hmm. happened. And the Scream sequels are so unique and cool in the world yeah. of horror. Where scream they matter. 2, Scream 3, Scream 4. Those were stab movies. They're all stab movies. And it's about trauma.
1: Yeah. Right. And it's uh, like, yeah, I'm sure that would have been a fine movie, but like.
2: That's not scream like you. It's a it's a soap opera. Like you got to have yeah. all of them. They all have to matter. I really appreciated the. It wasn't even a dig. It was just like a fun little like. Like yeah, I mean it's on Halloween without Jamie Lee, so we we have to get Sydney back. I'm like oh yeah, right. Halloween. yeah,
1: yeah, man.
2: So, so great, that great conversation. Scene. Fucking yeah.
1: great conversation. Love it. And then
2: and then we get the Hicks family. Well, first, oh, no. so two two things. First, okay. they're like
1: Wes is like. I'm related to somebody from another movie. Am I? Am I screwed? And she's she, like, she's like, oh, no. the inferior sequels don't matter. No one gives a shit about those characters. You're fine. Um, yeah. And and uh, and then like uh, the Meeks twins are like, yeah, but we're fucked.
2: And she's like, oh yeah, we're definitely you're, fucked. You fucked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, which is like, which is pretty great. And it kind of that's where like you know like going back to like Mindy being like a little asshole is like it's sometimes really fun to watch that these kids are just so like. They they were born. They're from Woodsboro. They know what's up. They're like, yeah. yeah, we're dead. We're we're gonna die. Yeah,
1: and then this and it reminds me a lot of like, um, of like, Gen Z and the way they feel about like school shootings.
2: Yeah, and like like their sense of humor is so black. Because yeah. they're like, look at the look at our world every day. I I'll, I I
1: could die at any moment because some fucking kid, some somebody's parent gets their kid a gun for Christmas and then shows up and shoots people as soon as they're back from Christmas break. Like yeah, like it's it, not that's a hypo- reality. Yeah, like
2: it's not a hypothetical thing that it was in the nineties, and it's like it's my reality. But like, of course, I have no choice but to adapt with it and try to roll with it and like yeah. make light of it because. I have to try and control it, or have some control over at least how I handle it. Yeah, and, and it's it is just, just
1: what my life is, and I'm not going to not live my life because then what's the point if I get killed? You yeah, know, it just yeah. it all
2: it, it all rang really true with this group. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And Wes um, being like super gung ho safety kid. Yes, hell yeah. Ju- Judy being his mom. Big time, uh,
1: big time. Uh, uh, for for my favorite murder fans, he had big time stay sexy, don't get murdered vibes. Um, that's like how they end every episode of their show. Is like stay mm-hmm. sexy, don't get murdered. Uh, where it's like, you know, don't you know? Stay if alert! You're, if you're if you're freaked out, if you're nervous about like, don't do these things that the that that people are doing that get them got hurt. It. You know. Um, and, uh, and so he's definitely got that vibe in this movie, and it uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, I think he it yeah. ma- makes a really strong character, and it makes sense with his mom being Judy. Mm-hmm. This is also, and then the scene ends. With them all being like, well, you know, all of this points to one thing. There's an obvious killer and it's you, Sam. Yes. You're the killer. Billy Williams' Um, daughter. And, and, uh, and that's, that's why, and Dewey has this look on his face that we've seen in every other movie where he's like, yeah, I mean, you know, they make their, that's a compelling Uh. point. It makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Like he's just like completely sold, like sold by the fucking nerds, like completely (laughs) like won over by the
2: nerds. Oh, they're like Randy. They They do have a point.
1: Um, yeah, it's, it's really fun. It's that, it's that energy that I missed in four because he has to be an underdog for Dewey to work. Yeah, he's he a little bit Barney Fife. can't be the one Fyfe. in power. Yeah. It's great. Oh, God, it's so good. Um, so then, then we move on to, to the Hicks scene. Mm-hmm. Um, uh,
2: Judy's going to go get sushi. Yes. Uh, and Wes is
1: going to take a shower. Yes, because he was running. A um, co- couple of things. So I love Judy in this movie. I notably, very notably, I fucking oh, that's right, couldn't stand her in Scream Four, and it's because I think that she was a very silly slapstick character that stuck out like a sore thumb. Of just we like, definitely,
2: yeah, like she was a Scream Three character in Scream Four.
1: Yeah, that's. I think that's even how we described her. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like that whole like wear a vest, save your chest, oh, uh, uh, and the the fucking fainting. Like it's couldn't stand her, hated her so much. <laughs> Um, but in That's... this movie, they took that vibe and they were like, oh, this vibe is grounded if we make her a mom. Mm, yeah. Done deal. Make her a mom, give her a teenage son, just make her a lame mom who's also the sheriff and says
2: shit like, I prefer musical and animated films. Yeah. Cause that was the, that was the most Judy Hicks line that I heard. Cause yeah. I, uh, cause I was kind of on the opposite. Where I was like, oh, man, I really like Judy Hicks in Scream 4. And she's so different in this one. But I'm like, it makes sense because it's been 10 years. Yeah. She's a mother now. Yeah. So that kind of like. But she still makes lemon squares. Still makes lemon. Yeah. It it was more subtle. Yeah. But I like like that. I like that. Yeah. it, it, It was really cool. And it was like, I missed that character, but also understood why you have to adapt characters for different. You know, it's like it's like uh, you know, Spider-Man: No Way Home, where right. certain characters couldn't be exactly the way that they were right. in their previous movies. Right. But I think that movie did a good job of making them fit in this world, like the yes. MCU Tom Holland world. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, um.
1: So this is the scene. I never would have expected this, <laughs> but the death of Judy Hicks made me cry.
2: Uh, is it because of the? Uh, We'll talk, please. It
1: is, it is. She gets in the car, goes face calls, makes the threat toward Wes, mm-hmm. and she flips on the the thing and does yeah. the U turn immediately. And then it's like, you're not going to make it. And she like slams on the gas. And I'm, yeah. I'm just like, I'm crying. Because her, yeah. I'm just like, I, she just loves her son. She just wants him to be okay. And this isn't fair. And like, I just felt awful.
2: Um, yeah. And this is the real, most heart-wrenching scene in the whole movie for me. It, I think. Wow, that's yeah. Really, no, yeah, I, and and it kind of um, it brings back the dread and despair. Like you said, this isn't fair. Yeah, that I don't think we ever really got. I mean, I, I think the best screen moments are like that. Yeah, because that's how you feel with Drew Barrymore, Casey. That's how you feel with Cece, Sarah Michelle Gellar, in Scream yeah. Two. Yeah, where the hopelessness and like the oh, you're rooting for her. She's so close. Yeah. She's getting there. You, you know, you always want you're going to want a different outcome every time. But then, you know, she gets horrifically runs slowly. right into the right runs right yeah. into the knife.
1: Yeah. Um, also, something I noticed on the second viewing is that Wes and Judy say goodbye to each other exactly where they both die, which is right at the front door.
2: Whoa. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, they like yeah. they she go she leaves, she goes outside to like go get sushi and he says goodbye to her from inside and shuts the door and like that's they where never. they both die.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's brutal.
1: Brutal. Brutal.
2: And um, and we get uh the like the freaking I was in love with the scene where he gets out of the shower yeah. and then the movie Radio Silence just has a blast having him open every pantry door and every fridge and just fake out after fake out after fake out. Oh my it was god, just so delightful! And my audience
1: fucking loved this shit.
2: Oh yeah, once they got on the joke, they're like, oh, we're doing this, okay?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, it was so good, and they were just laughing every time <laughs> he would close the door and there'd be nothing there.
2: <laughs> there. He just when he, in the fridge when he's pulling out like different. It's keeping more stuff for him to prep. Yeah, um, and then, but, but yeah. his death was also fucking brutal.
1: Absolutely brutal. Slow. And brutal.
2: You you see the exit. You see the the knife go out of the neck. Yeah, it was visceral, and it wasn't. You know, it it kind of went back to what we were, what you talked about with Wes Craven, like wanting to make the violence feel real. Yes, that's why
1: I think he would love this movie. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think he would have been like very impressed with it, regardless of like, oh yeah, that's wow, what a movie, you know. Mm -hmm. But but also, I think the violence in the movie is what he always wanted it to be. Um, and right. was never allowed to apparently the MPAA have gotten like soft um and and let l- let them get away with more and and still get an R rating because right. back well, in his we,
2: day he never would have been able to do yeah. this shit we become so desensitized i think yeah. yeah and but also like you know that that what an incredible effect that was the knife going out of the neck yeah. like there would have been no way to do that digitally yeah. in scream 1 or scream 2 and not have it look cartoonish yeah but, now you know you can do stuff safely, and you know do stuff and post and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think my only thing with Wes as a character is that I wish we
1: had gotten like one scene with with him and Tara alone.
2: It's very weird that they're supposed to be dating. And... I don't think they are. I think, oh, okay. I think he has a crush on her. Oh, that's right. Because you have a crush on Tara. Shut up.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I would have liked to have seen them interact. A little yeah. bit heavily, a little more heavily, so that there's some stakes in him, and also maybe even sets him up a little bit more as a red herring. Um, true, yeah. Uh, but like a Jerry you know, O'Connell type. Yeah. Oh, you know what we skipped right over the death of Kyle Gallner, <laughs> like that. Oh yeah. Well, and and the and the reveal that he is, um, Stu Stu Mocker's
2: nephew. Got it. Yeah. That which is revealed during the big group story session. Right. So Kyle Gallner's death had a one of the when I knew I was like oh i'm gonna fucking love this movie is when amber makes a point of playing red right hand yeah in the in the in the car in the car, yeah, oh God,
1: really good, great, um, and also
2: yeah i mean you you mentioned the best part, which is just the precision stab, right of just like looking for the spot and then just think yeah, like just like real quick, jab mm-hmm. and then just walking away, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, so fast forward uh the hicks are dead. Mm-hmm. Uh Sam and Richie arrive on the scene, and so does Dewey, and so does Gail Weathers. Yes. She's um, back. Gail makes her triumphant return. 58-year-old uh, Courtney Cox. That their one scene together was amazing. Oh my god. Just it because the
1: roles are re- you realize that they like reversed roles in a lot of ways. Yeah. In terms of like, she is Gail Weathers in this movie is a completely changed character like they try to give her something new to play with in the fourth one but she's like the point of what they're trying to play with is her trying to return to her roots
2: yeah we kind of compared it to like she's in retirement right you know she's like I don't need to be Gail Weathers I can just write yeah but then it's like, like oh actually
1: mom. I'm gonna be fucking hardcore Gail Weathers because that's what I need um, yeah. and just like going like full investigative reporter on everybody's ass in the fourth one um, but this is like she has she's like okay no legit. I don't want to do this anymore. Like I, I I just want to kill this guy
2: and be done. Like I am not here for the story. I'm not here the book. I hate this. She's um, like, she's I mean she's the host of a, of t- of the Today show kind oh, of. Oh yeah,
1: we missed the the joke about her bangs. Oh, I missed it too. Okay, so when when she's when she's when when he turns it on Mm-hmm. Um, or is is about to turn it off as they're like walking in to like see Dewey, yeah. he's turning it off and she's like and she's like yeah you know like it was a they they said that it would look good but like it really didn't look good and I I definitely had to grow them out and then she like turns <laughs> off the
2: TV that's funny <laughs> she's just uh, talking about her awful scream three <laughs> scream three bangs uh Gail has this line in the 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 f- discussion fight that they're having where she's like it is super throwaway but she's like it was my turn yeah and like oh, like you know like she you know like i wanted you to do for me what i did for you in scream 4 right you know be the stay at home you know let me live my life for a while and be on the back burner and he's like i couldn't last 2 months
1: i i i appreciate what she's saying however from dewey's perspective <laughs> i will i will say uh i guess to defend dewey's choice um, Not the cowardly move of, like, leaving in the middle of the night, but yeah. just the fact that, like, he couldn't hack it in New York. When she did it for him, it was under—it was with the understanding that she would be writing a book. Right. So she had something else to do other mm-hmm. than be a reporter. When he went to New York— he had nothing else going.
2: He's not a writer. He's not doing something yeah. at home. Like, what is he yeah. fucking carving wood? What is he doing? Right. And I think yeah. and think and Gail, you know, real and she's like, you are Woodsboro. This is where you belong. Right. And that's just the tragedy of the two of us is right. like, you know, we couldn't, we just couldn't make it work for an extended period of time. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, but yeah, like, what would Dewey do in New York? Like, he's exactly. he even by then he was already in like his late forties. Right. You know? Right, mid to late forties for sure, because he's like, just... if I I did the math,
1: because he says he's twenty five and ninety six, so that mm-hmm. makes him like fifty one here. Okay, um, yeah. so yeah, you know. and I
2: just so just hats off. I mean, like it's so, it's just such a great. I, I just couldn't get, I can't get over how cool and sophisticated and complicated just the love story of these two characters are it's in a horror amazing. franchise.
1: And it is, it is right out of the Force Awakens that scene.
2: That's true. Yeah. It is
1: the same scene with Carrie Fisher and 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 uh and Hans uh, uh Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford where yeah. they they're talking
2: about how he left cuz he couldn't hack it. Yeah. Yeah. I I would say this really kind of shows just yeah, I think there's so much more sophistication and and nuance and emotion in this than Force Awakens. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. So, so it just goes to show like this is literally a better version of this. Yes. Than, like like that isn't an inherently bad decision taking those two characters apart. No. You just have to you got to uh, you got to make it work. Um
1: yeah. and it was it was very sleepy in Force Awakens mm-hmm. whereas here it's lively and there's passion and you feel that these two people you know they belong together even if like they don't, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, um tragically. Uh and Dewey's and that's like, really ah, st- And they're obviously duty. They're obviously bringing all of their personal baggage to it as well.
2: Right, Unlike, like two people that have known each other for like 30 years mm-hmm. and have tried being married and no not, but apparently still really close and in each other's lives. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I really want to watch that documentary where he's a, he, he tries to be a wrestler.
1: Yeah. Man, I was looking at his IMDb because I was like, what has he done since uh, Scream 4? And the answer is too many things. He is in uh, like... He is in, like, 10 things a year. Wow. Um, It is... This dude, he fucking works. I mean, it's all, like, probably, like, direct-to-VOD stuff. Sure, but but he's working. He's constantly working. It is nuts. Bananas how much he works. Uh, Mm -hmm. What happens after the Hicks house? So, after the Hicks house... Um, I believe this is when. Oh, they leave because uh, Sam sees the guy who's supposed to be watching her sister at the hospital. Richardson from Hot Rod, right? Who uh, they put him, him and Judy put put her on a private floor, which will prove to be a huge mistake. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so Sam and Dewey drive he, drive to the hospital, right? And in a in a bit where Dewey has this look on his face where oh, I'm going to go do this, and this is probably going to be the last thing I do, but I can't be a coward like
2: I was with Like the conversation with Gail. you just had. Like, yeah, Dewey, do, do you're, you're so many things, but you're not a coward. And he, she's, and, and that's what spurs him to go and, and help save the day. Yeah,
1: because um, he, he's got to help people. That's who he is. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is a great – there's a great thing. So, so uh, Tara's watching TV. She's watching <laughs> an episode of Dawson's Creek created Amazing. by Kevin Williamson, and she's specifically watching, um, I forgot to look this up real quick, but I'm going to do it right now. Um, Austin's Creek.
2: They're having a very particular conversation. In the yeah. Episode of so
1: Day. this is an episode, this is an episode from season one. It is, it's the 11th episode of season one um, called The Scare. And the whole episode is um, basically a... It is, it is Kevin Williamson doing a, a like community-style themed episode, which he would do every once in a while. There's a Rashomon episode of Dawson's Creek. There's a Breakfast Club ode in an episode right. of Dawson's Creek. And this is his metatextual ode to his own movie, <laughs> Scream. Um, and this is an episode written by Kevin Williamson, uh, and it is in the first season, so like very early on. Great. In in the show, and that is what this episode is. It is an episode called yeah. "The Scare," um, and it is about somebody is crank calling the gang, mm-hmm. much like Ghostface, and they're referencing. I think they are even referencing Scream. And, oh, it's like that movie that just came out. Like it's like that guy that wrote
2: uh, us our lives. Awesome. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a bananas episode. Um, it really uh, yeah. is. there and were a that, few people in our audience that were like giggling and like kind of like oh, they're watching. Yeah, that's yeah,
0: that's yeah. Kevin um, Williams.
2: Oh, God. So good. And, but yeah, and then back to the the brutality and the nastiness of this movie and but also the brilliance. We remember every audience member remembers Tara getting stabbed through the hand. Yeah. So lights go out in the hospital. She's like, fuck this. I'm not staying put. And she wills herself into the wheelchair. And it is agony for her. Yes. And Jenna Ortega just like sells the agony, and the audience is like squirming and groaning when you when you see the blood on the hand leaking as she's like moving the tires. Yeah, and the, and you're just like rooting for this girl, and she's already just a pincushion, yeah. and she's just wheeling for her life. And it is just like you said with Judy, just like the desperation and the despair.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. um and then, uh,
1: so they are so so they get on the phone with Ghostface um live and in person um it is oh, i think oh. it's, have it's we ever what, seen
2: this before the have we the, ever seen the, the voice thing up? yeah
1: no that no. was great i love it yeah that. we only ever see the handheld version yeah. um typically so yeah the the one the one glowing under the costume i don't mm-hmm. think we've ever seen before um i really like that and the sound design is so good um in like how they fill out Roger Jackson's voice
2: and make it sound in the like a live filter. setting. Yeah. Oh, so good. Um, Richie comes and tries to save the day, gets knocked out. Quote: Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, quote unquote. Um, and so I'm going to make you, Sam. Choose: Do I yes, kill Tara or do I kill tell me to Richie? kill
1: Tara or tell me to kill Richie and I'll let the other one live? Yeah. Um, and then she's like, won't give him give, give yeah. Ghostface an answer. And then yeah, I don't think she's you've like, got what it takes to make it in this franchise. And she's like, maybe or. Am I just uh, stalling, stalling for time? And then the, a... the, the elevator doors open, and then uh, Dewey shoots Ghostface. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, but... it's good. But, but it, it, right before that, I want to point out that Tara is on her stomach, crawling away from Ghostface. Ghostface mm-hmm. is right behind her, following her along, getting on top of her. And I just realized the second time watching this, that this is right where Ghostface left her at, in the cold open. Just just picking oh, up, cool.
2: picking up right, right. right
1: where, where she left off. Yeah, um, which is uh, horrifying.
2: Oh, we also forgot about the ankle snap or the leg. Yeah, break. yeah. She also right. has a broken leg this whole time. Yeah, she's in a boot. So, yeah, and um, then uh, so shoots the shit out of Ghostface. Of course, doesn't take off the mask. Of course, doesn't check to see who the killer is immediately. Right. What are you? What are we in real life? Yeah. And then, but Dewey's like he remembers the rule that that little nerd told him back in '96. You but. gotta shoot him in the head. Actually, that they he he learned that from Sydney in Scream Three. Oh, right. Okay. Because cool. she's like, Head, Dewey, head, you gotta head. shoot him in the head. <laughs> and, she, and Melissa Barrera's like, who gives a fuck? And David Arquette's like, I do. I do. And then and then we get Dewey's he Hero a, moment. He gets a Mortal Kombat death. Yeah. He does. He gets like Jeepers like, Creeper. He gets like It's <laughs> Yeah. It's but, brutal. Uh, it's gorgeous and like it's an honor. Yeah. Is chilling and awesome. And then like the shot, the tableau of of like dead Dewey, ghost face standing on the glass with the, the shattered. It was like this is might be the most beautiful scream shot I've ever seen. It's yeah, it's up there with his
1: almost death and scream too. The silent yeah. death and scream two. Mm-hmm. Um that was that it's it's up there. It's really good. Because yeah. They would have to have done something really incredible to outdo that almost death because it is kind of beautiful the way that Wes
2: Craven shot it, you know? Yeah. Um, it's almost like Amber New. Yeah. I've really got to sell it. I've really got to do it. Yeah. Like I it's great that it's an honor, isn't her being a little smart ass. It's like actually reverential. Like it's I can't believe I get to be the one that kills Dewey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the sound
1: of his blood pouring onto the ground <laughs> is yeah. one of the most horrifying things. Like even watching it the second time, knowing it was coming, I was like, fuck, that's a
2: lot of blood. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, well, it's like, they know they're like, this dude is survived. I mean, he even says it in the movies. Like, I've been shot nine times and I have a funny little limp. Like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm not permanent nerve, yeah. permanent nerve damage. Yeah. Nerve <laughs> damage. Yeah. So Dewey's dead. RIP Dewey. Um, but what like a what a what a fucking beautiful death! Like yeah, I wasn't yeah. even sad. I mean, I was yeah. sad, but I was like, God, that's perfect.
1: And he gets like, and he gets killed by being distracted by Gale, who's calling him. Gale calls. Gale mm. calls, gives Ghostface the the opening to like stab him in the stomach. Yes, um, yeah, and it uh, was
2: Beauty killed the Beast. Yeah, and that was and that was that. Um, Back at the hospital, Gale is uh, distraught. And uh, Melissa Barrera, Sam tries to console her, but, you know, doesn't do it. And then, finally, Sidney Prescott returns to Woodsboro. Yep. Yep. I heard what happened. I came as soon as I could. And you're right, Scott. Like, it just feels so much... By the time we get to Scream 4 it, is like, hey, Gail, hey, Sid. Like, yeah. But, like, the family is what brings them together. It's like, this person needs me because, like, we've lost one of our own. Yeah. this
1: is This is a character who... Sydney punched in the fucking face in that first movie, and now they're hugging like best friend, like just lifelong yeah. best friends. Um, and it is kind of crazy because they're still pretty awkward in four.
2: That's true, that's fair you know? enough. Yeah, because yeah. like they take breaks, they right. you almost get like maybe in these 10 years, they there were that was enough peace time where they could like. Stay go, in touch a little. Stay in touch. You know, meet in New York over the holidays or like hang yeah. out and stuff like that. Or maybe they yeah. maybe like, you know, Gail knows uh, uh, Sydney's kids or something, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And then we get a really cool moment where uh, Melissa Barrera is like, let's get the fuck out of here. Let's just take Tara and go. This yeah. is not our story. I'm running again. I, this isn't my fight. I don't want to die in Woodsboro. And it's this really cool conversation of these dual protagonists of so sydney's like, you, you can't. Yeah. You have to face this, trust me. And she's like, "You're not my story, shut old old man, old lady." Like, yeah. What I'm out of like here. Uh, is, is a is a mom
1: and a morning show host asking me to murder someone. They're like, "Yes, yes, yes. we are. That's what's happening." Yes.
2: <laughs> and oh my god. And then like she drives away and Gail's like, "What are you doing? Like how could you let him go?" And she's like, "I bugged the car." Yeah. Oh, Sorry. but but also she's like,
1: "God, like how could you do that?" And she's like, "Man, she rules." I really I really <laughs> yeah, like her. Yeah. She's really cool. And she's like, oh, yeah, like well, well who the fuck cares if she's cool or not? Like, she's getting away. <laughs> she's like, oh, no, I bugged the car, but she's rad. She's, she's, it's I like the, her a lot. She's
2: <laughs> the best. Nev Campbell's yeah. so good in this.
1: Oh, man, so good. And the thing is, this is now Sydney in a movie where she is ostensibly not the main character for the third time in a row, mm-hmm. right? Because arguably, Gail and Dewey are the main characters of Scream 3. Until about halfway through when she finally enters the story, right? Right. Um, and then she kind of takes it over mm-hmm. from them. And then in Scream 4, you know, Emma Roberts is supposed to be the main character, sure. right? Um, and and it's supposed to be, like, the Torch character. Um, yeah. And so she's, like, kind of uh, in a supporting role. And then here again, she's in a supporting role. And this is the first time that I think they've figured out exactly how to use her.
2: Yeah, what I really appreciated about Sydney in this is that the filmmakers kind of were aware that her story is kind of over. Mm -hmm. And instead of trying to, like, force some kind of hackneyed new conflict for her to get into, it's like, no, she has deserved her, she has won her selfhood.
1: Yeah. She knows who she
2: is and what she's She's peace. She's made peace with all of it. Yeah.
1: I'm Sydney fucking Prescott. Of course I have a gun. Yeah, Um, yeah. And he laughs at that. I love that. I love that yeah. he's just like good. Yeah. good. But she's <laughs>
2: also not like living by herself on a compound anymore, right? Yeah, right. she's let herself have kids and a it husband. Looked like she was living in like San Francisco or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like her role what, as a guardian yeah. and a mentor, it all rang really true to me. Yeah, and absolutely. It, it it just worked really well in this. It,
1: no, it's it's it is really good, and it's and it again too. The reason that I think it works so well. Is, you know, comparing with Scream 3, like you compare this to Scream 3 and what Sam is doing is very similar to what Sydney's thought process is in Scream 3. She's trying to run from the problem. Right. Mm -hmm. And Roland is doing everything he can to drag her in to Los Angeles um to the set of this movie so that he can do, you know, his whole plan. Um, but like, she doesn't show up until like she has to. Like mm-hmm. she gets to a point where she's like, okay, I have no choice. I like have to go and take care of this, right? Um, this isn't gonna end until I, I show up and end it. In Scream 4, Emma Roberts, Jill m- is basically waiting to enact her plan until Sydney happens to be in town to promote the book that she wrote. Right. So like the whole thing, her whole plan is predicated on Sydney being in town. She doesn't bring Sydney to town. She Mm -hmm. waits until Sydney is in town and then starts killing people. Mm -hmm. Right. This is the only one where it feels like they are strategically killing people to make sure Sydney comes home. Yes. And she's, they're like, the first thing we have to do is make sure Sam gets into town. Then we got to make sure that, Sidney, that Dewey comes into town. Then if we kill Dewey, we can get – get, yeah. that'll make sure that Sydney comes into town. Gail, we don't have to worry about. She's going to come regardless because she always does. Um, you know,
2: And it's, yeah, so it's, it's all just... very strategic and smartly written in that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of, you know, so, so uh, Sam, the Carpenters, and Richie are driving away. And then uh, uh, Tara realizes that she has forgotten her inhaler, or so right. she thinks. or can't find it anyway. She can't find her inhaler, and so Richie makes a big show of like, "No, we're not turning around. I don't want to die." And it works the first time you're watching it because you're like, "Yeah, you're next on the list, pal." Like, yeah, the cool boyfriend with all the yeah. funny lines. Yeah, you already got the the arm mark, and we saw what happened to Jerry O'Connell <laughs> does, after that is, happened. What, what does Jamie Kennedy say? Like, in for love and injury. yeah, yeah, a reminder. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, so they turn around and they go back to uh, of all things a rager going on at the Stumacher house, mm-hmm. which the, re- the reveal which I, the reveal doesn't come until the end. But yeah. like I know
1: that sh- that that fucking house backwards and forwards, so I knew sure. exactly where I was the second I saw the stairs. They're doing a really good job of shooting it. Where if you haven't seen the movie a billion times like I have or mm-hmm. like we have. You might not recognize it right away because everyone is shot very tight and in mm-hmm. weird angles that you're not used to used to seeing the house in, right? But yeah. that's the second that the lights turn on and then that pull back, and you're like, "Oh shit, they're in the house!" Mm-hmm. So good
2: when they when when Gail and and uh, and Sydney are tracking them and they have like, "Oh no, they know that address." Yeah, and you can almost kind of see it on the. The phone map of like, it's off, it's out in the middle of the woods. It's in the middle of nowhere down yeah. one road. And you're like, oh, wait, shit, that's the that's the house. Yeah. Oh, man. And I love everything at the house. I loved uh, Mindy and Amber's scene in the basement. Yeah. Or getting beer yeah. where they're testing each other. Right. Which is
1: interesting. Interesting that they, that it's now, it's now a basement instead of a garage, but it's like the same door, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe it is a garage. No, it's a basement. They oh, call it's a basement. it the ba- and they go down the okay. long staircase. You've seen it twice. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, as opposed to like the garage, which was like four mm-hmm. steps or whatever.
2: Uh, so, so they come. You know, the carpenters and Richie comes. Richie gets like his grade. Like, hey, Gen Z, like, yeah, <laughs> uh, get out, get the fuck ma- out. Ma- o- 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 older millennial speaking. Old everybody fun, yeah. needs to
1: go home. <laughs> Thank you for leaving the cup on the floor. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's great. Oh, I'm saving um, your life. I'm saving your life. You're welcome for saving your life. Oh,
2: oh! Has Chad been killed already at this point? No. So or, that that no, that happens before. So okay, that was great when he's making out with Liv, and she's like, "I don't want to go be alone with you." And she's like, "Why?" It's like because I think you might be the killer. Like, you fuck could, you. Be. There's you like could a, be. There's like a like a ten percent chance. <laughs> yeah. No. Chad and Mindy are great. Yeah. Um, oh, really and that good. was a cool. But that was a cool sequence with like the 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 tracker and the and the phone. Yeah, it was like it was like something out of Aliens. Mm-hmm. With the, Tracking the aliens yeah. and everything, but so, yeah, um, so the kids leave the party, and
1: uh <clears throat> yeah, he gets uh, the shit stabbed out of him, um, yes. and then uh, and then we get the scene right before everybody leaves, I think we get the scene where um where uh, uh there it goes again, live, um, mm-hmm. oh, ironic, okay, that's how I'll remember. Um, where Liv uh, 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 confronts Mindy, right? Um, where where Mindy's like, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't blame him. Like, you know, you're <laughs> probably the killer, and she's like, "Fuck, Fuck you. you," or maybe I am the killer. The killer. And she's acting to scare like her. a fucking psychopath. Yeah, it takes her popcorn, um, right? Uh, and then, then we get this bit where. Um, Ghostface. So, so, so Richie is like, "Hey, where's the beer?" Because he's like, "I guess I'm gonna have a beer," despite the fact, like, I'm about to drive. Mm-hmm. Um, which to me was like the confirmation I needed. Like okay. that, where like, oh, a hundred percent, he's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and but they're uh, like, "I'll be right back." Yeah, eh, uh, uh, got it. Yeah, <laughs> and so he goes down, changes into Ghostface, comes back up. We got that great scene where oh, she's amazing. watching the scene and stab, where the same
2: exact thing has happened to her. simultaneously. it's. Meta on Meta on Meta. It's yeah, she's, nuts. she's yelling at her Uncle Randy to turn around. Yeah. Ju- just like Randy is yelling at Jamie Lee to turn around. Oh, my God. Um, uh, and she then, gets stabbed, seemingly killed. Right. Gets attacked. Um, and then
1: uh, uh, she's found by Sam. Gail and Sid. Uh, Sam. Yeah. yeah, Sam. And then um, Sam and her are found by uh, Tara and, um, Tara and Amber who, and Amber starts freaking out. Like, what did you do to her? You fucking yeah. kill her and whatever. And then welcome to th- the third act and then blows, yeah. blows yeah. brains out. She was living the head. Yeah. Um, it, so right before that happens, everybody is in the living room and they're all pointing at each other and they're all freaking out and making a big show of it. And it's really big, right? For a split second before Liv pulls that trigger, or before before Amber pulls that trigger, I thought they were doing the original Scream 3, where all of them were the killer.
2: Oh, wow. That would have been cool.
1: And they were actually going to bring back Stu. Like, that's You're what I... Come- I thought this was going to be like... like uh like in the Star Wars sequels, I thought this was gonna be like a Palpatine versus Long Vader. I waited. Like Loomis versus Stu kind of thing. Yeah,
2: re- like <laughs> like it becomes Force Awakens where Billy's like, do it. Yeah. Do it, Sam. Yeah. Um We're all, all the Loomises. I, for a
1: second I thought that that's what this was gonna be. Well, um and then yeah. and then it went in a different direction that I was delighted
2: mm-hmm. by. But yeah. Uh, they g- were they g- were
1: all like hella just like remaking that
2: Spider Man meme where they're all like pointing at pointing, each other for yeah. sure <laughs> yeah at that point uh, Gid- uh, Gidney uh, Sydney and Gale arrive um yes
1: uh wait do they arrive before. Yeah, right. So oh, they, they, Gale, they hear, they hear Cy- the
2: screaming and they're like, whoop, sounds like we've read the right yeah, place. Yeah. And then
1: Amber comes out, makes a big show, and they're like, is this like, a trap? They're like, yeah, total trap. And she's like, fuck it, and shoots Gail. And yeah. then Gail is
2: like, for Dewey, you have to go in and take care of this. And so Sydney mm-hmm. goes inside. Sydney um, goes inside, finds Sam. Right. Sam goes upstairs. Tara is taped up in the closet, just like Sydney's dad in Scream One. Right. Uh, but then Tara sh- or, uh, uh, Sam shows hesitation. Of like, well, I don't seemingly shows hesitation. Like, well, I don't know. Because you had this
1: conversation with Richie where Richie was like, what if your sister
2: is the killer? It makes sense. Yeah. Right. Because like, yada, yada, you know. The final twist of the. Yeah. Right. Back downstairs, uh, Amber and Richie have uh, Sam and Sydney and Gail all cornered in the kitchen. Well,
1: first we get the Richie reveal because Sydney's walking around just blowing doors. Oh, with right, her, yeah. With her gun, talking to Ghostface, um, talking to Richie. Yeah, and, like, no, wait. Yeah, and then he, she shoots the closet where Richie is, shoots him in the leg, and then he comes out and is like, oh, right. holy shit, it's Ghostface. And it's like, it's Amber as Ghostface. They fall down the stairs. Um and then flip like like Sydney and Ghostface flip over the banister. Yeah. He runs down the stairs with Sam and then stabs her and twists the knife and we get the reveal that he's the other killer. Yeah. I literally twists the knife. Literally twists the knife. Yeah. And says, "I know it's a bummer it's me." Yeah.
2: Um Great. and then takes them into the kitchen and explains their whole their whole yeah, deal. Kind of what we've been talking about all episode <laughs> is that it's like toxic fandom. How can fandom be toxic? We, we just, we love something mm-hmm. and someone has to save this franchise. And if Ryan Johnson can't do it, then we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, like the, it, the stab was best when it was based on a true story. That's their kind of their modus operandi is when it stopped being about real murders that happened in Woodsboro, it all went shit. Like Richie says in character somewhat, like the series really goes off the rail, rails after the fifth one.
0: Mhm
2: and uh we get a great like you know the the big the big fight scene um it's like which, Galen's- is, which is funny
1: because if you there is so so one of the things like one of the one of the jokes right is that like oh well the the eighth one is the same number as the last jedi, and that's the joke right mm-hmm. that's why it's it's stab eight. However, the other argument that you could make is that if it all goes off the rails with the fifth one, right? We know that stabs one through four are, I get well, I guess, I guess no, because did they ever make a movie based off of Scream Four? Did that movie ever it's, happen? Uh, it's unsaid. Yeah, it's unsaid, right? So, yeah. so, but, but, like, let's just say if we're if we're if we're taking that at face value, I know we get all of those other stabs. In, in Scream 4. In Scream 4, that were based on on nothing. But like, in our reality, right? If the Scream franchise, as it stands, is what the Stab movies are based off of, right? You have Scream 1 through 4, and he's like, it all goes off the rails starting with the fifth one. Well, <laughs> the fifth Scream is technically the first season of the MTV show. And then you have Scream 6 with the ah, second season, Scream okay. 7 with the with the third season, and this is Scream Eight. This is the elevated horror,
2: okay movie. Yeah, cool, cool, which cool. That's I think it's like
1: an interesting thing to, to think about, oh, too. like kind of
2: honoring all of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Mikey Madison, who plays Amber, also played uh, very memorably uh, one of the Manson family members in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right. More specifically, the one who gets flamethrowered to death by Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, specifically that one. So she just yes. gets set on fire again. Okay. She's really good at getting set on fire. All right. And, you know, it's a super satisfying death because, like, she killed Dewey. Yeah. And she's, like, the villain. And, you know, Gail. And almost kills Gail. Almost kills Gail and shows no remorse and is, like, you know, gloating the whole time. And then Gail and Sydney get their hero moment where they're, like, mm-hmm. consider the Taurus patch, bitch, or whatever yeah. the line was. But it does kind mm-hmm. of start this, like, whoa.
1: Yeah. Enjoy, enjoy the torch. I think is what what she says. Yeah, real James Bond. When when she said that, somebody just shouts cheesy in my theater. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, I, I don't know if you if you remember watching any of these movies, but they all have lines like that in it. Not in my end. Yeah, that's like that's Sydney's thing. Mm. Like
2: she loves doing (laughs) that shit. Your turn to scream. Yeah, right. Yeah, see. Yeah, (laughs) and uh, and then. Billy Loomis, Force Ghost Billy Loomis, like is with Sam and it's like, don't you tired of being nice? Don't you wish that you can go apeshit? Come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do it. Do the it, do whole it. movie. Yeah. Let's start and, slitting throats. <laughs> and Sam's like, you know what, Dad? Yes. Let's start slitting throats. Mm-hmm. And stabs the shit out of Richie slits his throat she's like what about my movie i forgot what what did she say she 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 was like he's like what about my ending and she goes here it comes and then slits his throat throat. yeah and uh uh, grace grace gail and sydney see see this and they're like no judgment no judgment whatsoever just make sure you shoot him in the head and she's like cool and she does and yeah she does and then amber actually gets the one last scare right and then tara shoots her Right. Uh, and then the says, Babadook. I actually, I still prefer the Duke." <laughs> yeah. Just MVP. Oh, yeah. And we get an ending very reminiscent of uh, of Scream 1, but then not before we find out that both of the, the Meeks, the niece and nephew, Chad, okay. and are They do this thing alive. throughout the
1: movie where they ironically give each other thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, then it, it ends with them giving each other thumbs up where he's still alive in the back yeah. of the host- uh, the, the That was great. I love, yeah. so I love that. I'm so glad that they're both alive because I, they, were my, they were like two of my favorite characters in this one, and I'm mm-hmm. glad, like supporting characters, so I'm glad that they're they'll both. return in another
2: one. Because um, like, they're so fun together.
1: Mm-hmm. It would have been sad
2: to just be, have like sad morning Mindy of like, I miss my brother. Yeah, totally. And also, not for nothing, but I kind of want Mindy to hook up with Kirby. Hey, let's do it. <laughs> now that she's canonically alive, I tell Yeah, she can
1: also be canonically bisexual. Hey, let's
2: do it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, we find out that Mindy is at least bisexual. Not at least, but, you know, uh, uh, yeah. bisexual. And uh, I think, yeah. So, second- we, I
1: mean, she might be gay, gay. but we, we don't know. Well, she, yeah, we don't know entirely because, you know, yeah. you the can't river, assume just because she ma- makes out
2: with a girl that she's just gay. Like, you know, yeah, who yeah, knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, And this uh, is, I, 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 I love. I really like the Billy Loomis. Like, not good. I just. You're the screen. Now it's your turn to be Joker. Oh man! And
1: Jenna Ortega has this great last line where she's like, where she's like, "Can you guys take us to another hospital?" (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) And and I uh, I I love. And then we get the two thousands font for Wes. Right, right, and the whole the whole uh, credits oh, are in credits. that font, which is so and, good. And um, like, oh, but we do it,
1: get that last thing where she talks to Gail and Sydney, and yes. she's like, "Am I ever going to be okay again? What are you guys going to do?" And she's like, "Sydney's like, I'll survive. I always do." And Gail <laughs> is like, "I'm gonna write a book." And she, they're like, "Oh, oh, she's like, oh, not about this. These assholes can die <laughs> and die, yeah, die in anonymity. I, I, am I'm, I'm not. I'm gonna write about um, a kind-hearted uh, sheriff in a small town." And then and, Sydney
2: goes. I like that story.
1: Yeah, I want to read that book.
2: I want to read that uh, book. Yeah. Um, and,
1: uh, and she's like, am I going to be okay? And Cindy's like, you will be. It'll take some time, but eventually. you'll get there. Yeah, eventually. Um, and so then she leaves the hospital with her sister. We zoom out from the stew house again.
2: And, uh, and that's, that's a wrap for Wes. What a picture. Oh, man. I'm, I'm glad this is doing well, like genuinely. Yeah. I would also be okay if this is the last Scream movie.
1: Yeah, I would also be okay. But there is, I mean, you know, as a fan, not to, <laughs> not to get richy with it, as a fan, I am. there's lots of things that I would still love to see from, from further Scream movies. But this yeah. would be a perfect ending if this is where it ends.
2: And I think what's really cool is, you know, if this is the last that we see of Gail Weathers and Sidney Prescott, we now have the Carpenter sisters. Yeah. To kind of at least, you know, two really strong, firm characters with a cool relationship to anchor whatever comes next around.
1: Yeah. Though, if the rules of of these legacy sequels occur, reoccur, then Sidney would die in the next film and Gale yes. would die in the last one. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, <laughs> just saying if they make two more, that's 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 of where a, those are going. of a broken heart. Gale would yeah. die of a broken heart. Right. Um and then what's interesting too is because this is the fifth one the series would end with the the next trilogy would end with the seventh film which means the eighth one leaves room for Ryan Johnson's
2: complete reboot <laughs> if that's where he wants to <laughs> so take the franchise. It. Yeah. Uh, did you notice he was under the the special thanks? Oh, was he? Oh, that's yeah. great. There were some fun ones. It was him. I think every like like Drew Barrymore, Jamie Kennedy, like there's oh. just some cool um... Yeah. Well, Drew, well, Drew Barrymore uh Oh, well, yeah. Well,
1: I, uh, Jamie Kennedy is like in the movie as like a painting and a bunch of photos. That's
2: right. That's right. They, yeah, have, like, the weird, a, they the, have like a memorial Randy, to Randy the Rand- in their the house. Randy. Hey, Randy, what's up? They just like yeah. high five the painting.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, that's good. So, yeah, I loved it. Oh, God, I loved it so much. um It was everything I had hoped for and more. um Was not expecting uh, Billy Loomis. And so that was like sure. a genuine surprise and like a welcome one. I was like, mm-hmm. I, you know, even though I had mixed feelings about it at the time, I think you really sold me on like what it's actually doing. Oh, cool. Um, and, and the fact that
2: like, the fact that it's not really him. Yeah. It's not like it's, his ghost, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's like, her, it's her, like you said, it's her psychosis. And that's her ver- projection of her dad finally being like, Good job, or whatever. Yeah, right. And it's more about her accepting that side of herself
1: mm-hmm. um, than it is about her dad being that'll do, pig. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> now you're the you're the Loomis now, dog. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, definitely go out and see it or see it as soon as you can. I just, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. This is just something please. so stupid that I noticed.
1: If Wes and if Wes and Tara had ended up together and he had taken her last name, his name would have been Wes Carpenter,
2: which would have been oh! back to a reference to the first movie. Some that Wes Carpenter flick. Movie. That's crazy. Love that. Anyway. Oh, um, uh, really quick. There was also at, at one point while they were driving, they drove past Elm Street. Yes. I caught that too on the second second view. Like three fingers pointed like at once. And that's when I yeah. knew that I was in a, with a room with a bunch of nerds. Yeah. That's good. So, um, yeah. Hope you enjoyed this uh, this bonus feature. Uh, what a great way to start the year.
1: Yeah. God. Honestly, like, I'm looking, I'm looking at my best of 2022, and it's like, you guys got a lot of work to do <laughs> to, to beat this one. Um, and this is this is January, so. Yeah, yikes. first Spider-Man, now Scream. Yeah, I know. I'm having a hell of, like, a, three months. Just, like, new Edgar Wright, new Spider-Man, new Scream. Like, Boom. It's like. What a time to be alive for me, specifically.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a time to be Scott. So oh, we, will, we will be back next week with Matrix Reloaded? No, Eclipse. Eclipse. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. You're, you're in behind the scenes I'm lost, uh, scheduling. I'm, I'm lost in time.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're lost in time. But yeah, next week we'll be back with Eclipse, um, uh, continuing the Twilight miniseries and uh and then yeah and then we'll have the matrix on the other side of that but uh that's still that's still like a month away right? oh yeah you got yeah. yeah eclipse that's a fun episode yeah yeah it is um so check that out hope you all are enjoying the twilight miniseries it's a lot of fun if you're listening to this but you're like you skipped it because you're like i don't like twilight um i still mm-hmm. recommend listening to it because you know i think you'll get a lot out of it even if yeah. you don't watch the movies i think you could still mm-hmm. enjoy the episode
2: Ash over on the, the discord is actively watching them knowing she doesn't like them.
1: Yes, that's very just, true.
2: Just, you know, just to, yeah. just to
1: be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> so she can do it. You can do it.
2: So watch, watch, watch all five twilight movies.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, uh, check out Dueling slash support, become a Patreon supporter and get our, uh, our, our, all of our extra podcasts that we do there. Nick hosts Dueling Genre tonight each week. Yeah. Um, which is a, uh, a pop culture news show um, where we just talk about, like, the latest trailers and entertainment mm-hmm. news. You were a uh, guest most recently? I was. Uh, and then uh, we do Dueling Genre Verses, which is alternating between um, Daredevil is wrapping up, and then it's like Miyazaki Films and Battlestar Galactica. Um, yeah. So that's a lot of fun. And, uh, and then we just do, like, kind of like random Stuff too. Um, in, in addition to Franchise Potential, our uh, Patreon spinoff of this show, um, where each uh, mini series we do a companion franchise potential of like something that is uh, thematically similar or like behind the scenes, has something to do with the behind the scenes mm-hmm. part that of the show Failed story. horribly. Yes, that failed horribly, um, but could have been a franchise starter. And oh. so we've covered lots of things over there. And it's a, it's a lot of fun. If you like this show, you'll love Franchise Potential. Um, it's worth your 3 bucks a month. I I'm think saying. so. Yeah. So, uh check that out slash support and we'll talk to you guys next week with t- the Twilight Saga, colon, Eclipse. Bye everybody. Bye.
0: Hey.